3: everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you to the world of sports on this beautiful Saturday morning. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated at bringing you
1: total entertainment.
3: Today's show is a packed show. So much to do today, I don't even know where to start. That's how packed of a show we have today. We'll be doing baseball, of course, the Mets, the Yankees, the the, the boat rolling along Mets lost a tough one last night next X-Rain, but both teams have been rolling along. Yankees five in a row now. The Mets lost their five-game winning streak yesterday on a tough 3-2 loss, but both teams playing well right now. So a lot to talk about. We'll go around the league as well. We'll be talking baseball, you know, all, all, around all the teams. We're going to talk about the Mets and the Yankees in particular. We'll be talking about the Mets' bullpen. We'll be talking about all the home runs they're hitting now, which is nice sign. But, you know, is it going to be an all-or-nothing again like last year? Hopefully not. And Cespedes is this hot streak. We'll be talking about the Yankees. They're rolling along. we we'll are be talking about the pitching. Encouraging out it from Severino this week with the 11 strikeouts. Their bullpen is as great as I said it was going to be before the season. And uh, you know, we'll, So we'll go through that. We'll see. We'll take a look at their roster, see who's doing uh, off the hot spots for them as well. Also, we're going to be doing, we've got NBA, NHL previews today, playoff previews. So we're going to look at the going to make some predictions in the NBA and the NHL. Later on, hoping to have Mr. Berger on later to do hockey after 12 o'clock. So we'll be doing hockey later. Obviously, we're going to be talking Rangers. Canadians, tough loss last night for the Rangers. After having a lead with 17 seconds left, Canadians try the game. And then in overtime, right at the end of the overtime, the Canadians get the game winner. Lundqvist played great last night. Listen, this is playoff hockey. You're going to have games like this. You're going to lose heartbreak you've got to be able to forget it and move on to the next game. That's playoff hockey at its best. I mean, the intensity, you just see it in the, on the ice, and it, it's just, it was a tough loss. I mean, with 17 seconds left, it's just a nice pass, nice play by Montreal to get the tying goal, and then they win, they win the game at all the time. So we're going to talk about that game. We're hoping to have Mr. Berger on after 12 to talk some NHL playoffs later on because there's a lot to talk about. We're going to go through all the series as well. Also, the NBA playoffs kick off today, so we're going to go through that. We're going to go through the schedule for the weekend. We're going to look at the series. We're going to make some predictions, and uh, so we'll take a good look at that. No local teams made it into the playoffs this year, but there is some local drama, as we would say, with Phil Jackson, of course, and the Knicks, and Carmelo, the never-ending drama, and Phil Jackson basically coming out yesterday saying Carmelo's better off somewhere else. More or less, saying he don't fit his team the way the way he was describing his team. I mean, to me, Phil Jackson's become a, a joke of a of, of a president at this point because <clears throat> you're getting nothing, your team stinks, your team's not getting better. I mean, you're gonna hand your hat on. i Gomez, who's so okay, but Carmelo Anthony's a star player. You're running him out of town. You don't fit. your are trying. Maybe it's time to adjust the triangle. You don't have Kobe, Jordan, Pippen, Shaq anymore. You know, maybe it's time to adjust your triangle. But stupid comments in my mind by Phil Jackson. I, I got to agree with Mike Francescuto when he said yesterday. You know, I need to grab a whistle and go on the court and be a coach, or get out of here. Seriously. And you know, Carmelo just wrote really with smiley, laughing, laughing faces as emojis on his Twitter when after and then Porzingis didn't even go to the go to the closing year end meeting. He 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 basically boycotted it because you know, he's so disgusted with the, the Knicks drama and turmoil and everything. And then he also, like favorited, liked Carmelo's status. So it shows you whose side he's on. And we know Posey is a, 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 a fan of Carmelo's, so, you know, he'd be upset about that. <clears throat> so we're going to get into that as well. Like I said, as well as going through all the playoffs and, and checking that out. also going to be doing an NFL draft. Be looking at somebody in the NFL draft, maybe mock the first round, but we're going to do some NFL draft today, and, uh, you know, the draft comes on the 27th, remember, we're going to have our big special show April 27th at 10.30 at night to just recap the first round, probably still be a couple of picks left in the round when we go on the air, like last year, so that'll be fun, and then on the 29th, of course, we'll be uh, doing an NFL draft special, recapping the first three rounds, and then, uh, looking ahead for the rest of the draft. So be doing that. Obviously, I'm doing this all, the draft stuff this week with the NFL, but next week there will not be a show next week, just a heads up for everybody. So I, next week will be a week off of it, it's my son's birthday. So I'll be uh, taking the day off. i got too much to do that day. So uh, I'll be off the next Saturday. But be back the following Saturday with a draft special. Also, the big fun today as well, I'm going to be picking the show winner, the co-host for the Mojo Sports Show, which will be co-hosted on May 13th with me, I'll be picking the winner out of a hat today. We have a lot of entries, so it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to see who's going to join me on the May 13th show. And like I said, all I ask is that you'll be available that day. And uh, you know, we'll speak before that. Of course, whoever wins, I'll reach out to you, and we'll speak before that and uh, go over some stuff what we'll talk about and, and stuff like that. But it'd be a lot of fun and. I'm looking forward to doing that we'll probably do that like maybe like halfway through the show I'm gonna do that today and uh so that'll be a lot of fun and uh yeah and so I'm gonna kick off the show we're gonna get right into some sports and uh I do want to give a shout out first to my man Adam from the Met Roundtable who's uh will be entering uh, the Boston Marathon on Monday so good luck to you Adam from everybody here at the Mojo Sports Show and uh we you, you know you'll be great. We know what kind of athlete you are and what kind of runner you are. So, definitely uh, good luck. And it's a great achievement to be, you know, entered into that contest. So, definitely uh, good luck to you. And uh, we'll be looking for you and uh, see how good you do. And uh, we know you'll finish and you'll do great. And, uh, you know,
1: just do your best.
3: That's all you can ask for.
1: So, definitely good
3: luck to our man Adam. And, uh, you know, some Boston Marathon. He did the New York City Marathon. Now he's did the Boston Marathon. It's been a great, great. Great achievement, great goals to have and to reach, you know, for somebody who, you know, he works hard to, to, to be, you know, he works hard at what he does to try to, you know, enter all these uh, marathons and stuff. So, he definitely deserves it. So, good luck to you, Adam, from, from Mr. Mojo and everybody else at the Mojo Sports Show. We're all rooting for you. All right. So, first, we're going to start off. We're going, start off with a little, we're going to start off with a little baseball. I was going to start off with the NBA, but I'm going to wait because I may have a, a, a caller calling in to do some basketball. Later, Salad might call in at like 11 o'clock. So I'm going to wait to do basketball around 11. am going to do uh, hockey. I told you like around 12 15 ish, 12 30. I'm going to do hockey with Mr. Berger. Hopefully, he'll be joining us. And uh, at about 11 30, probably. You know, maybe in the first hour. I don't know. I'm going to see where we're going to get football. We're going to do some football as well, and uh, obviously. And uh, about 11.30, I'm going to do the, the show contest winner about 11.30. So that'll be fun as well. All right, so we're going to kick off, though, with a little baseball here. So, obviously, the Mets lost their five-game winning streak yesterday. Tough loss, 3-2 in extra inning. Syndergaard had to leave early. We're going to say now it's not a – this one wasn't a blister. It was a fingernail. Practice cracked his fingernail or whatever. So he only came out after six innings. He took 87 pitches. So he probably had one more inning left in you know. him. But uh, Mets' bullpen was tight. I'll tell you one thing. They definitely didn't want to see another extra inning game last night. That would have been the last thing the Mets wanted to see. But overall, listen, the Mets have been on fire. Home runs. For At one point, he shot out last night he didn't feel Suppose he had the flu in that 16 inning game. Some of the stories I heard about the game are pretty funny. That he, that's went up to, uh he went up to the manager during the game and said, I don't know how much longer I can last. I mean, these guys were really hurting. So, uh, you know, it was, it was fortunate he was able to get through the game. And, uh, you know, so, you know, they gave him a rest last night. It five home runs and 16 at-bats. The guy's been on a complete tear complete tear he's been on. So, so you know, so let's see. Uh, let me just look at this quick. I had a, I had a little stat on Seth here to to let out here. Hold on. So he's the first Met to hit three home runs in a game twice ever. That's pretty amazing. He had Last year against like, Colorado, and now this year he did it against the Phillies. So Seth is the first Met ever had t- had two three-homer games in his career. So that that's pretty that's pretty uh that's pretty impressive, you know. So Cester's on on complete care. Everybody dude is playing well. You know, obviously the Mets want to get guys like Reyes going, Grandison going. Neil Walker hasn't gotten going yet, but Darno has been great. Darno's been a huge surprise so far this year. So you gotta be happy when you got out of Darno just got to hope he stays on the field. Duda, you've got to be happy with what you've seen out of Duda so far. The thing is with Duda, we know how streaky Duda is. That when he it's a slump. we got to hope he don't go into one of those big slumps. But we'll see what happens there. Walker obviously hasn't gotten going yet either. Cabrera looks great. You know, he came right back. He's picking up right where he left off. Reyes obviously up to a slow start, but I'm pretty confident. He got on base three times last night that Reyes will turn it around. Then in the after, obviously, Grandison's got to get going. Bruce has started off great. Cespedes is started of off great, and Conforto looks great. So now they got Ligueras back as well, and Nemo might be coming back soon as well. So the Mets are getting healthy. Their depth is starting. They have good depth now, and it's really starting to show now. The bullpen, you know what? I've got to give them some credit. I, I beat up the bullpen, but you know what? They did a good job of holding it together, you know? So, you know, they, they've, done, they've done a good job of, of holding it together, well, Familiar's been out. Obviously, there's some shaky parts, but for the most part, you got to give them credit. They've, they've done a decent job, especially early in the year. Yeah. And uh, the Mets starters have been fine. Not encouraging. I had them by wheeler the other day, so that's the fine. I, I like what I'm seeing here. You know, they've still got guys to get hot. They leave the league at home runs already. So, you know, i just like to see Reyes get going. If Reyes gets going at the top of the order, that'll be big for them as well. You see, like last night, what he could do when he's playing well and, you know, go first to third on a bunt, a sacrifice bunt, you know, things like that. Those are the things they didn't have. That's the
1: speed that they need, that they need those plays. So,
3: you know, good things, good things for them at the Yankees as well, five in a row. They're now six and four after starting off one and four. So the Yankees are playing are playing really good baseball right now. They're getting great hitting. They're getting great pitching. And, uh, you know, they their bullpen, once they have the lead in the seventh inning, eighth inning the game's are over pretty much. And, uh, you know, the Tantis, the other day, first and third, no out, gets out of the jam, so a big jam to get out of for him. And, and they're, just playing, they're just playing good. I mean, Sanchez went down, obviously, with an injury, so he's out four weeks around. You know, Byrd started off really slow. But, you know, the Yankees, you know, they don't have Dede either. but the Yankees are doing fine. You know, God had a scary collision the other day, but he came back yesterday. The cash rolls off to a great start. The Holiday's doing okay. Ellsbury's been off to a nice start for them. Headley as well. And, obviously, Judge. Had an over yesterday, but Judge got off to a pretty good start. And the three young guys, he's had the best start. And Romar, so far, has been, decent, been doing pretty good for Sanchez. So, the Yankees, they're in, you know, they're doing good. Tanaka pitched yesterday. He didn't pitch great. He didn't have a great outing. But he got the win, six in a third, five hits, two walks, three runs, five K. And uh, you know, so then you have Clint Detances, and when you have Cliff and Detances setting up Chapman, you know you're pretty you're pretty good there at the end of the game. So if you can go from the starter right to those three, you got a good chance to win the game. So good, good, you know, good looking. The Yankees. it's good to see the Cardinals Yankees. It's a nice matchup as well. I'll tell you what happened. To, what happened to Michael Walker? he pitched okay yesterday. I'm just saying, like, it seems like a couple years ago, Walker was, like, one of the rising stars in the league, and now it's like nobody really talks about him anymore, right? So we'll see if he can bounce back this year as well. But uh, the Cardinals have a lot of guys off to some rough starts. I mean, Fowler's hitting 150. Adams is hitting 167. Carpenter's hitting 207. But Diaz is off to a nice start. But really, that's it. Peralta, 130. Dottie, 240, Gricek, 220, Wong, 148. So, I mean, they're struggling offensively right now. It's on So, but the Yankees, they keep rolling along, and let's, we'll see how long they can keep it as well as, well as the Mets. Obviously, you know, you, listen, it's early in the year, and obviously what happens this early in the year really doesn't fully matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters, but it's like, Teams picking like you see, team like the Twins off to so a hot start. We, we really think the Twins are going anywhere, you know. But it does—you do want to get off to a good start, regardless. Especially if you're one of the teams that look that you really think you're a contender, you definitely want to get off to a hot start because you know you start digging a hole. Look at Toronto. What are they? One and nine. You know, no team's ever made the playoffs starting off the season at one and nine. So that that's pretty interesting and. uh, you know, to me, Toronto's dug themselves a big hole now. So we'll we'll see how. We'll, it'll be interesting to see if Toronto can even get back. They have a lot of talent, we know that. But one in nine is a big hole to climb out of, in my mind. Today, you look at today, Yankee Cardinals, Yankees at one o'clock, one o five. Carlos Martinez versus C. C. so Some good matchup there. And then uh, the Mets, obviously tonight. And that's played tonight at 7 o'clock. Jacob DeGromer's Adam Conley, 710 in Marlins Park. I'll okay, tell the Marlins New Stadium is really nice. I don't know if anybody's checked it out, but it's uh, really nice. Also, I just want to throw out there, you know, the 70th anniversary today of Jackie Robinson's debut for the Brooklyn Dodgers. You know, just a, a, another, you know, obviously a pioneer that, you know, knocked down the doors for future uh you know Jackie Robinson, obviously the first black man ever played base, major league baseball. So 70 year anniversary today. So 70 years ago today, the world changed as far as the sports world changed thanks to Jackie Robinson. And uh, you know definitely a, a great day in the history. You know to honor, you know to honor Jackie Robinson. So just wanted to give him a little shout out as well there. So also today we've got a lot of baseball, obviously today. Silly's Nationals in the day, Ellickson Rock. 105 at 107, Warrior, Blue Jays, Asher versus Strata. At 110, Blue is Red, Zach Davies and Finnegan. 210, White Sox Twins, Quintana versus Santana. Quintana versus Santana, there you go. 220, Pirates Cubs, Snow Arietta, good matchup. Rays Red Sox, Odorizzi versus Sale. Sale looking to get its first win as the Red Sox. Astros A's at 405, McCullers versus Maniah. At 405, Rockies Giants, Chatwood versus Matt Moore. 410, the Tigers, or hot, 7-3, Verlander against Kluba, Great matchup, Tigers-Indians. Padres Braves at 710, Richard versus R.A. Dickey. I've said the Mets, Smallins, DeGrom Conley. 715, Angels Royals, Schumacher versus Kahn. 9 10 Rangers Mariners, Cashner versus Paxton, and at 9 10 Diamondbacks Dodgers, Corbin versus Ken Meyer. So, that's another interesting, uh, interesting matchup there. So, we have a great day baseball ahead. Obviously, we talked about the bets and the Yankees. We're going to be talking more about them as the show goes on as we get called. 718 508 9883. To call in and talk baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever you want to talk about. Obviously, we're going to be getting into hockey later with Rangers and all the playoff matchups. I'm going to be doing some basketball shortly. I'm going to go through some basketball soon. Then about a half hour, Tudu Brown, the Giant Insider, is going to be joining us to look at the NFL draft and look at some uh, look at some what the Giants could be thinking. And we're going to look at some other teams too, like look at the first round. And, uh, you know, we're going to definitely talk about the Giants as well. So that will be in about, about a half hour, 20 minutes, half hour. so. And uh, so that will be fun. And uh, so right now I do want to look at uh, do a little NBA as well. So remember, call callers, call in. Whatever you want to talk about. You know, as I always do, I adjust on the fly, so we can talk about whatever we want. Obviously, before we get into basketball, I did talk about, the Porzingis and, you know, Carmelo, Phil Jackson drama. Obviously, Phil Jackson, to me, should be the one to go. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks do in the off season, who they draft, where they land in the lottery, who they draft. I know I've said on the show I would love to see them draft Dennis Smith, Jr. from NC State. That could be the point guard that they need. Derek Rose is not their future. You move on from Derrick Rose. So, you know... We'll see. We're going to see what they do there, but it's an interesting offseason ahead for the Knicks, for sure. The Nets, obviously, they finished the season really strong, but they still got the worst record in the league, and they don't even have their first-round pick. The Celtics sitting on a lottery pick. Potential first pick with the number-one seed in the East, that's just crazy. And next year, as well, all for Garnett and Pierce, uh, late-season guys. The Nets were so desperate to try to win that year that they really – and they they traded their one before that to the Hawks in the Joe Jarlton trade, which the Hawks got a year before. The Hawks missed getting this first pick by a year. That would have been crazy, but that's the way it goes. So so obviously looking in the ECF, Boston and Chicago in the first round, I think it's gonna be a tough series. I, I think uh I think Chicago I think Boston's gonna win the series, but I think Chicago's gonna give Boston all they can handle. I could see definitely at least going six, maybe seven games. I think uh, don't count Chicago out. You got Wade's back. Obviously Butler's playing on top, you know, top level. I just like Chicago's team, but you know, I think Boston's probably gonna win on field. They've been, you know, one of the top teams all year. But I don't think it's gonna be as easy for Boston as people may think. I think it's gonna be a tough series. And that series starts. Tomorrow at 6:30 on TNT. I'm going to give you the whole lineup for the weekend, but that series starts tomorrow in Boston at 6:30. Then you have a series starting today, 3 p.m. on ABC. Cleveland number two versus number seven Indiana. Cleveland stumbling into the playoffs, but you got to figure, you got to figure the the light's going to click there, and Cleveland's going to Cleveland's definitely going to make a run and get hot at some point. So I think Cleveland wins this series. I think, you know, maybe Indiana takes a game or two, but I'd say Cleveland at five or six would be my prediction. I think Cleveland puts it together for the playoffs. Number three, Toronto Raptors versus number six Bucks. I think Toronto wins this series fairly easy, maybe in five games, I would think Toronto's going to take this series. I think now with Lowry back, the couple of additions they made with Tucker and Ibaka, I think Toronto's Toronto's poison. And, and they're for a rough series with Cleveland in the second round, for sure. Number four, Washington. Number five, Atlanta. I think, I personally, I think the Hawks could win this series. I, I know a lot of people are on the Washington bandwagon because of Wall and Beal, but I think experience plays a factor here. Hawks been to the playoffs 10 straight years. The Wizards haven't been out of the first round, and who knows when. But a couple of years ago, the Hawks knocked the Wizards out. I think, I, I, I think the Hawks win this series. This series starts... Tomorrow at 1 o'clock on TNT. Just so you know, the Toronto-Milwaukee series starts today at 5.30 on ESPN as well. So tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Hawks-Wizard. So I think the Hawks win that first series. I I really do. I I think the Hawks Hawks are going to take them out in six. They're going to take Washington out in six. That's my prediction. And they'll set up a second round matchup with the Celtics, which will be a good matchup. They knocked the Celtics out last year, the Hawks, so that'll be a good matchup. And they beat them a couple of times this year. And they got the whole Horford, former Hawk, so they have a lot, a lot, a lot there, a lot of juice to that series if it happens. In the West, Golden State versus Portland. So, you know, Portland wins one game. I think, uh, I think everybody would be surprised. Golden State pretty much poised for a deep run here. And uh, Durant's back, so, you know, expect Golden State to pretty much walk on on Portland. That series starts tomorrow at 3.30 on ABC. Then a series that starts today at 8 o'clock on ESPN, the number two Spurs at home against the seven-seeded Grizzlies. Another series, I don't expect the Spurs to really have much problems. The Grizzlies could win a game, maybe even two. But the Spurs should handle this in five, six games. You think you're pretty much, I think, eventually going to see the Spurs versus uh, Golden State matchup. That's just my opinion. This series, which begins tomorrow at nine o'clock on TNT, the third seed Rockets versus the sixth seed Dunn Obviously, has a lot of juice. The two top MVP candidates, Harden versus Westbrook. To me, Westbrook's got to get the MVP. I know there's been a big debate about MVP, but Westbrook's got to get the MVP in my mind. You can't, you can't not give it a guy, this guys average a triple-double. And I know, listen, Harden had an unbelievable year. Exactly. But how can you not give a guy who average a triple-double, the MVP? I just can't see how it's even solvable at this point, personally. So that that's my take on it. I, I think, and I, I actually think I think Oklahoma City's going to win this series. I think they're going to win a top series, maybe seven games, six or seven games. I think OKC is going to pull a shocker here and knock Houston out of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. And then number four, Clippers at number five, Jazz. Another good series. I think Clippers are going to win this series. I think it could be another one. It could be a possible seven-game series here. I think the Clippers' experience is going to win out. The series starts today at 10.30 tonight, and ESPN as well. So that, that's what that series will begin. So as you project if you project into the next round, then I would have the Celtics playing the Hawks. And I think that series could go either way in the second round. Personally, I think the Hawks could beat the Celtics too. I'll say the Celtics in sevens, and I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think the Hawks definitely have a shot to beat the Celtics. Then Cleveland and uh, Toronto, I think it'll be a classic, but I think Cleveland will win a six to seven-game series there, and then I think Cleveland goes to the finals again, beating the Celtics in the Eastern Finals. Then I see in the West, I'll see Golden State Clippers. No, so you'll see, yeah, they don't receive. So you see Golden State Clippers. I think Golden State will handle the Clippers in five or six, and then you'll have Oklahoma City and the Spurs. I think the Spurs will probably take them in five, I would say. Yeah. And, then and then I would have Golden State. I think you're going to see Golden State versus Cleveland again, unfortunately. I don't want to see it, but I do a feel that's what you're going to see again. I hope somebody else wins. But I think Golden State's going to beat Cleveland in the finals, if I had to predict right now. But I'm hoping to see something else. I'd love to see Cleveland get knocked off somewhere. I'd love to see Golden State get knocked off. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
1: So,
4: but
3: there's some good matchups, definitely some tight matchups, some matchups that could go either way. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But like I said, it's it's really tough. It's, it's tough to call some of these because, you know, like Clippers, Utah, it's pretty almost an even series, right? You got Atlanta, Washington, tough series to call. Right, you got let's see who else. I mean, Oklahoma City, Houston, another top form. So you got you got a few really tough series here that to me that could go either way. And it's nothing like playoff baseball. If you watch the hockey over the last couple of days too, the playoff hockey there's nothing like playoffs. There's nothing like it. It's it's you know, the intensity of the playoffs in hockey and basketball are just insane. And, and even football and baseball when it's that season. The playoffs, there's nothing like watching playoff sports. It, it really is. It's, it's exciting and, it, it's you know, the intensity, you can just see it on the ice. It's just insane. So, all right. So we're going to be getting more into basketball, obviously. I want to get into some MVP awards and all that stuff. We're going to obviously go through some more playoff stuff. We're going to start taking calls on anything, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever you want to talk about. We're going to start talking about everything right now. I just want to get a few things out right off the bat because I got later on got the NFL and NHL, too. So I just wanted to get pretty much a little, play, little NBA playoffs out there, talk a little Mets-Yankees for the week, and obviously we're going to get into more baseball as well. But let's hit the phone lines right now. Christine from Pine Bush, what's going on? Hey, Mojo, what's
5: going on? How's it going? It's going good.
3: I know you're a happy Yankee fan right now. Yep.
5: Not bad. Not bad, huh?
3: They're playing they're good so good. far, right, early on? You got to Yeah, undefeated Definitely.
5: at home. They won their last five. They're undefeated at home. They're playing pretty good.
3: Yeah, no, they're doing a great job. They're, uh, they're getting timely hitting. They're getting good pitching so far. They're both solid. So, you know, you can't complain. Obviously, they lost Sanchez to an injury, but Romine is doing okay so far. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, but other guys have stepped up. That's what you need to do, right? When when one guy goes down, you yeah. need other people to step up. You know, so you got to be happy with yeah. the team so far.
5: Yeah, very good. I'm very happy. You know, they're in second place, so it's pretty good, you know. It's a good start to the season. And... um your Mets, too.
3: Your Mets are in first place. They're looking sharp. Yeah, no, they look good. They lost a tough game last night, but you don't lose games. You can't win every game. But, you know, they got, they're got looking good, too. The Mets, if their pitching stays healthy, they're, they're going to be in the race all year. There's, you know, they just got too much pitching to not be in the race. But, you know, right. obviously they got to keep these guys healthy all year. That's the key, you know. But the Mets are hitting, I mean, they're really hitting two of the Mets right now. Yeah, they're hitting. They lead the league in really home runs. They're, they're hitting really good. So, you know, we'll, we'll you see if they can the right get They'll be... hit home runs all year because they got a powerful lineup. It's just, you know, yeah. can they manufacture the other runs when they need it,
1: you know? Yeah, well, it's
5: early still anyway, you know. But New
3: um, York fans are, are, should be happy right now, you know? So, people, yeah, no, they got to be excited. And, you know, all they got right now is really the Rangers, obviously, are in the playoffs, so they have that. But there's no basketball playoffs. There's no, no locals from the basketball made the playoffs. And the Rangers right. are the only hockey team in the playoffs. So, you know, a lot of focus is on football, I mean, on baseball now, and then the football draft, obviously, with the Giants and the Jets. But, you know, right now it's Rangers, Mets, and Yankees right now. That's really all yeah. that matters right now. So.
5: And
3: it's fun to you know, watch, you know, just what's your, fun what's to What do you, you like so far? Like, what are your big surprises, do you think, right now, so far, that you're happy, with your, you know, with the Yankees? Um. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy
5: with the way Gormont stepped up. He's been playing
3: good, you know. Yeah, he, no, that was good for them. Losing Sanchez is a big loss. So, to have a guy step in and, and you know, he got off to a hot stop. And obviously, he ain't the hit that Sanchez is, but... If he could just do decent, that's all they need, you know, play good defense and hit get a couple of occasional hits, you know, that's what they're looking for, right? Right. right.
5: And, um, you know, the young kids, they're, they're, they're good, you know, with Judge and um, – I forget his name. I keep forgetting his name. But those young kids.
3: Yeah, Bird's off to a close start, but, he, you know, he, he'll be fine. And, and even uh, Holiday
5: you know, now, you know, Holiday looks like he's finding his groove
3: and yeah, he's a nice know, veteran. We'll he's a veteran bat, you know. He's a veteran. He's started you know, he knows what to do. Obviously, Yankees yeah. didn't judge out today. Judge ain't in the lineup today. I just seen that, but getting a rest. His first rest of the year, so yeah. And this is kid I like. He looks like he's
5: got a lot of heart. Like that kid, he likes to play and. You know he looks
3: like a good um, he's going be a good addition to the team, I think Okay. yeah, and he has tremendous uh, power,
5: i mean tremendous power, yeah yeah, and he likes to, like he's the type like he wants to be out there, he wants to play, you could see he wants to, to do good, you know, not not that they all don't, but he wants to he wants to get a hit every time he up, you could see it in him when he gets up there, you know it, yeah, I don't know. I, I like him. Listen, really his whole
3: like thing is saying, you know, keeping it, just saying, you know, he, he limits his strikeouts. You know, you don't want to, see, you don't want to see him striking out, you know, two hundred times a year. That that's his whole key to keep him from sh- striking out a lot. That that's been his key yeah. appeal, obviously, of his career at striking out. You know, so that that's what he's trying to limit. <clears throat> so. Yeah. What about you? You enjoying it? What
5: enjoying the game so far?
3: What yeah, yeah, it? no, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun watching baseball, little Anthony's really a lot of other
5: day I was so into. I thought that um, the opening day at the stadium. I thought I felt so bad that he didn't get the um, the no hitter. Um,
3: oh, uh yeah. Hater, right? Oh, wow,
5: that was so. so I felt bad for Good team, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I was going go to go to that team. You
3: know what I found out? A guy I know from my town in Hazlitt, He uh, he's at open today in the Mets too. He said in the sixth inning, they showed on the big screen in the outfield, They showed me and Anthony. I didn't even see it. Did they? Oh. Me. Yeah. Yeah, he said he and Anthony were on the big screen at a uh, uh, at the city you know, field. I in thought I inning. saw you and Anthony,
5: and I'm not just saying that. I thought I saw you and Anthony really quick. They were showing people, and I thought I saw you and Anthony really quick, but then I, you know, I said maybe that wasn't them. But now that you say it, it yeah, maybe out. it was.
3: It looked like you. Yeah, I was surprised when he told me. He goes, it was on the big screen? I didn't see it. I but didn't But I think see- it might yeah, be Michael with you. 2 our left, it was hard to see the big screen from our seats because we were in left field. That's probably why mm-hmm. I didn't see it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty cool, though.
5: Yeah, I, know, I, so. didn't notice, I noticed it at the last minute because I was looking for Michael and you guys, like I figured I would notice Mike, because he he's so tall. And then I yeah. saw it, and I was like, nah, was that just then? that looked like that, but it was like too late, and it went to someone else.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, that's no, great time, great time of year. Obviously, yeah. baseball's back, and uh, you know we'll see. We're going to see what the season brings. I mean, listen, it's a long season. You can't get caught yeah. up in too much it's early in the year, but like I was saying earlier, you still rather get off to a hot spot than a slow start, right? So absolutely,
5: absolutely.
3: You know, nobody you wants to get to off to a hot. slow start, so. Yeah, exactly. Right. Look at Toronto. Toronto's one in nine. They were supposed to be one of the best teams. They're one in nine. They may not be able to dig themselves out of that hole. You know, one and nine is a tough start. I, you know? I know.
5: I know. And that's a good that. team
3: right there. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know what's happening there. That's a good team. That's one and nine over there. So. And
5: look at Baltimore, a, seven and
3: two. Who? Baltimore, seven and two. Yeah, yeah Baltimore's off to a hot, nice, hot start. But you got, you got some real surprises, like Minnesota's off to a good start, Cincinnati, teams that were expected to be in the bottom, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's always good to see that, like in early seasons, you know. And even the, the Rays, I mean, the Rays weren't expected to be because They're 6-5. They were expected to be pretty bad this year, the Rays, you know?
5: I know, I know.
3: But, you know, it, 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 it's the Cardinals are off to a rough start, but the Reds are in first place. Nobody expected the Reds, the Diamondbacks. The Giants are struggling, so that's what I'm saying. Early on, you're going to get things like that. You have teams struggling that you wouldn't expect, and you have teams doing good. But it again, it's ten, eleven games into the season, so you got a nice. long way to go. But
5: yeah.
3: it's good that there's, there's some optimism in New York sports right now. You know, between the Rangers in the playoffs, the Mets and Yankees off to good starts, everybody's excited. That's the big thing. Yeah.
5: I'm going to say for now. We'll see at the full stop bridge how
3: we (laughs) feel. Yeah, Uh, yeah. We'll see where we're all sitting in a couple of months, but for now, it's good to talk about it. It's exciting, and uh, just want to keep it going, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs)
5: Oh, (laughs) boy!
6: Hey,
2: so listen. Uh, you gotta be. You gotta be happy. Yeah, you gotta
3: play your little music out there. You gotta be happy.
5: That's but, it. Uh, um, hey, so um, how are the Hawks doing?
3: The playoffs start tomorrow.
5: No, you know, not
3: they start for today, but they start tomorrow.
5: Basketball, not the
3: basketball, the Haslam Hawks. Oh, I did <laughs> the Haslam Yeah, the Haslam Hawks are doing good. You got three yeah. games next week. Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday. We got three games next week, so it's gonna be a busy week. Wow!
5: Tuesday, so that, Saturday,
3: and practice Saturday, Thursday. Thursday. So we got four days next week. We'll be on the field. We had practice yesterday, and then uh, and a little game, a little uh, a little uh, a game after the practice with like a uh, a little a script, like a little uh, in game scrimmage. So that was fun. And Aww. then uh, yeah, and then. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday and Saturday. I'm sorry, Tuesday, Saturday and Sunday. We have games next week. Two rec games and then a, a travel game on Sunday in Staten Island. We'll be in, we'll be raiding my old Staten Island stomping grounds next Sunday. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. And obviously, Little we'll oh, on Thursday next week, so we'll have fun for that next week too. Oh
5: yeah, absolutely. So he has a game before that. I'm
3: so gonna come to the game. The game what time, three o'clock. Yeah, the game's at three, and then we'll have we'll are gonna we'll have like a, a party afterwards at the house.
5: Okay,
3: good. Right after the game, and then
5: okay.
3: uh, yeah, that'll be fun.
5: Uh, it works out, out perfect
3: too. It works out perfect. The game's right before, right before the party. Right, it works out perfect.
5: Yeah, what's that person? Um, but if you get a chance, um, when you get a chance, just send me his um, regular season. I'm not the travel team. The other team. yeah, I'll
3: send it to you.
5: I need, yeah, I need that schedule too, right?
3: Yes, we'll do. All
5: right.
3: All right. You
5: have a great day talking sports today, and Thank have you. a nice Easter tomorrow. And I'll speak to you tomorrow, anyway, all right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm happy Easter. Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow, though, definitely. Okay. All right. Say right.
5: to yeah.
3: everybody. You too. Thanks. Bye. 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 Christine from Pine Bush, always a pleasure. Talking sports, Yankees, Mets. <clears throat> Usually Cowboys too. She likes to talk when footballs going on. It's so always a pleasure talking sports with Christine. And uh, so, so yeah. So I'm gonna get into some. We're gonna talk some more baseball. We're gonna get into some football shortly as well. And then, you know, at 1130, I'm going to pull the winner of the Mojo Contest. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then when I come
0: back, we're going to jump into some more stuff. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer.
1: Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes mimicking Holmes' native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For five dollars
0: today you can buy a wealth of things, gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause. www.caseyscause.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to Teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, Trading cards and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL17 Hot List contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook.
7: Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show.
3: And uh, I'm your host again, Mr. Mojo is here. Sorry for that little delay there for a second. I was doing something for my, uh, I to do something here. So I've got a little uh, a little late back to the controls here, but we're good to go. So we're going to keep hitting the phone lines right now. We're going to get some NFL shortly, but we are going to hit the phone lines, and we're going to keep the keep up the talk here.
2: Good night <laughs> the natural what's up pat man what's going on good morning good morning good morning, good morning. Good morning. how's it going all right how's it going it's for you it's fantastic it's beautiful morning there's nothing uh you know nothing nothing bad to say about it i mean I would have liked the Mets to win that game last night, but you kind of knew going in it would have been a tough one. Yeah. Well, we, listen, you can't win them all. It was a tough loss, but you know what? We, overall, we got to be happy with what we got early in the year. Yeah. So. Well, well, well here's, my, here's my question to you. Would you rather have won the 16 inning game or won the game in the ninth inning? I would have rather won the 16 inning game.
3: Yeah, well, I can tell you one thing. I, I didn't want another 16-inning game because their bullpen couldn't handle it. So, I, I'm, you know, kind of well, glad it didn't said, go extra innings yesterday
2: I you, in a way, you know. You know? Not, not, not only the bullpen couldn't handle it, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I like baseball, but when it got to about, you know, quarter to one in the morning, I was kind of like, okay, it's not a playoff game. We're already. It's time to go to
3: bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, listen. It was. It was definitely. Listen, a few days ago we were saying we can't hit, and then all of a sudden they exploded in Philadelphia and started hitting home runs. And now they lead the league in home runs again. So, I think what we said pretty much early in the year is they're going to be an all or nothing team. And uh, you know, I think that's definitely. You know, until Reyes gets hot, you know, I think that's going to be the case. Well, but, I, I
2: think that's. A, I don't. I don't see that as a as a big concern
3: to tell you the truth, as others do.
2: Uh, I think he will eventually hit and we'll be
3: fine. Yeah, and you know, listen, and it's always good as well to get the opinion of a smooth operator. <laughs> Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Steve. Batman.
7: Thank you for joining us as always. Thanks for coming on the show as
3: always. And uh, here we are. We we're just talking Mets baseball, and uh, you know the, the offense seems like you know back to the home run hitting ways of last year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the, the home run bus team is fun when we're hitting the home runs. Good morning, guys.
2: Hey, uh, hey, Doctor Ray, what's going on?
3: Hey, good morning, Batman.
2: Uh, very exciting to be a Metropolitan
3: fan right now, huh? <laughs> and I, You know, I was talking about it earlier. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, a nice early surprise from Darnell and Duda, obviously, right? I mean, they're, they're both playing well early. They have no complaints. Oh, I'll tell you, Duda must have did some work on his throwing because he's been making some good throws early in the <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but he's made some good throws a, a, a couple of times.
4: Yeah, you well, know, if he keeps
3: making bad throws, it would probably be benched, right? Like, his time yeah. is limited. He has to play well. You know, yeah. he, we have yeah. the air apparent for him sitting in the minors, and he knows it. You know, and he could well, be worth something in a trade if he hits 30 home runs or even just 25 home runs this year. The guy's always been capable, and it's, it just stuns me he doesn't hit more than he does. You see the shots he hits. You know, he's not a guy just hitting it, you know, to the top of the fence. He can hit a bomb. It's shocking he
6: doesn't hit more. Yeah, well,
3: he's he's hitting lefties, too, so far. Yeah, he's been a surprise. Definitely Darno's hitting. I mean, he hit in the spring, but we all know hitting in the spring doesn't. Not hitting in the spring is a problem. Hitting in the spring doesn't mean you're going to come out and, you know, start well. Like, Ray is an example. I think he hit decent in the spring and started bad. So, hitting in the spring doesn't mean anything, but it's looking like for Darno. It, may, it meant his shoulders were feeling better than last year. He had, you know, s- surgery on one shoulder and on the other shoulder. He can't throw. He probably still can't throw. But i seen him smother a lot of pitches in the ground, and he's clearly starting to hit. So it's good for him and good to see. Yeah. No, listen, and, you know, the, the thing, too, which looks like he's got some power back and, you know, I heard, I heard a, a thing about him in the 16-inning game where he said his legs were so tired at some point in that extra-inning game he couldn't even walk down the steps in the dugout. But then yet he was able to generate enough power to get a home run there late, you know, to win that game in the 16th inning. So his first career four-hit game, you know, it, I tell you, he's been, been a big surprise. And I've been one of those guys that have killed him on this show. And, you know, listen, he may get hurt tomorrow, and they become the same darnell so far, we right, have, more than we could have asked so far. He, he's well, had a good rest. We'll see how long his shoulders hold up.
2: Well, well, I think that's the point, right? The point is guys like, like Judah and Donnell really needed to get off the hot start. If they didn't, the media, including us, would have been, you know, crawling all over them. And, and, and it would have gotten ugly. And it probably would have gotten to their mental, uh, you know, m- mental state and, and affected them on the field. They got off to a real hot start. You can't expect them to continue this type of play throughout the whole year, but it's, it's a great sign. I mean, we can only you, be better than the better. There. I mean, because this is who we have. You could throw
3: Bruce's name in that hat, too. I mean, there's an expectation higher than for Bruce, but the, the need to get off to a good start so fans don't jump on him right away.
2: Well, I'll tell you, Dr. May, in my opinion, in the first five games, Bruce really carried the team to, to probably three or four victories.
3: Yeah, like it's what he needed. No fans are jumping on him now. We're going to be a little patient with him. You know, there's an expectation of RBIs and home runs. He's kind of showing what he could do. If he would have started with a big slump, say what Reyes is doing, I think fans would be all over him. Whereas Reyes, we're not. We've seen him play. We know he'll come out of it. We know he's can run the bases. We've seen him run the bases even in the slump when he gets on. With well, Bruce, it's different. It's just different. He like hasn't been met long enough. Reyes, got to prove something. When Reyes, when Reyes went first to third on that punt, you know, it just shows you it, what he, the things he could do that other guys just can't do, you know. Exactly. We have kind of a slow lineup, and he brings something different. You know, slumping or not, I, I thought he needed the rest, and uh, the day off and he got to hit the next day showed, you know, when, when you're, like, old for 25, he, he, I don't think you'll hit your way out of it. I think you actually need to sit on the sideline a day and get a little hungry. Yeah, I don't, no, think, I, I don't think I don't think necessarily I, dropping him to seventh is the answer there. I, I still think you need him leading off eventually. He has to be a lead off there. Yeah, no, I don't I, absolutely. He's got to hit in early the hand, in the lineup. Yeah. He got he gotta hit early in the lineup, otherwise we really become home on a bus with Cespedes and Bruce. Well we I need a, a guy question. on base.
2: I, I got a question for you guys. If if Rance isn't in the lineup,
3: who leads off?
2: Because I know we're all making fun well, of it, but who's off?
3: Yeah. Grandison. You're right, it becomes Grandison, Yeah. That's what it was before Reyes, right? Yeah, and that's what it is since Reyes has been on the bench. There are the games that Reyes hasn't played. And the problem with Grandison is he's kind of home run or bust at this point in his career. That's not and we all know he's not anymore. May anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you yeah, know, not, not just the like, leadoff. For him. Well, the reason I, I, the reason they hit Reyes seventh and Syndergaard eighth yesterday, and Rivera ninth, was because they wanted the pitcher after Reyes. So if Reyes gets on, and he bunts him over. They they said, well, Rivera's speed. They they you know, they, a bunt pretty much, he can get thrown out at second base. Where they wanted, if Reyes gets on and Syndergaard has to bunt him over, and like you have seen when he went first to third on the bunt, you know, it makes sense to have him hit after Reyes if you're going to hit Reyes in that. At the bottom of the order, you know, right? But to me, Reyes is a proven player. Reyes will get hot. I'm not, honestly, I'm not even worried about Reyes. I'm really not. I know people no, like they panic after it's a week and a, almost two weeks, not even two full weeks into a season, and people panic. I mean, there's a long way to go. Yeah,
2: it's six months. Well, to to me, it's not even a panic. You know what it is? It, we're not panicking because they're winning. If the Mets were 1-6 or 1-8, like Toronto or 1-9, whatever they are, I think the Reyes' struggles would be under a microscope. Um, I think for the mere fact that we're, we're, the other players are hitting, we're pitching okay, we're pitching, pitching pretty well, the bullpen's holding out okay, uh, you know, I, I think it helps him out immensely. I think when, when a team struggles, you start looking, you know, uh, for answers, and you start looking for people to blame, and if he – I mean, he was hitting one for thirty-four, or whatever he's hitting. Um, you know, he he'd be one of the guys they'd finger point. So, so I think he's he's in a good place because they are winning.
3: And, and last night he got on base three times. He was on base three times last night. So, hopefully, it's a start of something. it's part, it's part of being on a better ball club. Where you're not so dependent on one guy carrying the team. I mean, we know we have two in the lineup, Bruce and Cespedes. And Cespedes clearly can carry a team. But yeah. you don't want to be depend on dependent on it for most of your wins. I tell you what, how, how, how rejuvenated he, does Bruce look? Right, Bruce looks completely rejuvenated. Like well, his the body language you can see the body his, language. I mean, it's just, his body you know, language different. is
2: great. And you know what else I think is great? I think he's, he's 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 very energetic in the outfield as well. I mean, he's getting to some balls um, and coming up throwing a lot better than I expected. Now I never. You know, we seen him last year. And before that, when he was on the other club, you know, I didn't watch him every day. But you know, you know, and and they always hit him as not a, not a great
3: defensive
7: player.
2: I think he's doing pretty good so far. Now, as the season rolls on, and he gets tired, and he gets a little hotter out, he's a big guy. You know, maybe that doesn't happen. But I'm pretty impressed. No, mm-hmm.
3: well, we know from yeah, last no. Year, his numbers come in the beginning of the season, right? When he was with Cincinnati, puts up a good first half. Well, he puts up more than the plus first never, Bruce Listen, Bruce is never going to get you know mixed up with a, being a Gold Glove outfielder or nothing like that. But no. he looks so very rejuvenated, and you know, we got to be very happy with you see. I mean, me personally, I know, all offseason they were talking about getting rid of Bruce and keeping Granderson. I would do the complete opposite. I would get rid of if you had to trade one. I would trade Granderson and keep Bruce. Oh, I, I told yeah, you I, that
2: last year, and I continue my sentiments now. I mean, Grandis the outfield's crowded. Grandison is really just a $17 million drainer. Yeah, I you know, I, mean, I,
4: actually, you know, listen, I actually
2: think with the power out in the outfield.
3: But, and, you know, speaking of the $17 million drainer, I mean, right now, Neil Walker's giving, not really given him much either. I mean, it looks like he has no power this year all of a sudden. Yeah, I would say his bluff, you know, him and Cabrera, that they're a good tandem. But we haven't seen much from Walker. Like, even, you know, your line drive, it's not just home runs. A year ago, he started off with a decent amount of home runs before he got hurt. And this year, he's kind of just putting the ball in play, to put it that way, when he does hit it. Yeah, it's not shots. <clears throat> uh, he's he's a guy that's not on a, any kind of a roll right now. I think he's hitting two twenty two, somewhere around there.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, he hasn't got off to a great spot, but... Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, to, to get back to seeking a great start, I mean, that's is just, just on a tear. I mean, the guy is just an animal. I mean, he's – Well, Bones, he's hitting shots. He's hitting shots. that They're not even landing. I mean, the shots. You're not tears, catching that right. over the fence, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I mean, mean he's a mammoth, mammoth not shot, not He is out. locked in right now. He's locked well, in. Well, I, have, I mean. but, but,
2: but, you know, I'm not saying that's what you expect of him, but it's kind of what you expect from him. But, I okay, the, the thing, and I want to – Repeat the sentiments a little bit what you guys had before. I mean, I think you know not only Duda looks great at the plate. I mean, he I've seen a couple of throws he made where, you know, almost it's him coming up with his arm pulled back, and I almost cringe. And he he's doing pretty well. I mean, I think he's more than serviceable at first base at this point. More than serviceable. I don't. I didn't see anything that 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 he did that I'd say wow, he really uh, doesn't look sharp. As a matter of fact. N- N- Neil Walker looks like he took a step back defensively. Yeah, no, I agree. Well,
3: yeah, boy right,
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing: with with the way the team's hitting and way they're playing, right? Who? I mean, it, 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 he's not really missed. Because who would you want him out there in place of?
3: So? All he can do is give Reyes a couple of days off at third base. Yeah. Well, right now yeah, that would be. No, so that would be their excuse to get right in the lineup right now. they say Reyes yep. is struggling. You know what, A backup journeyman,
2: a backup journeyman or Flores is a better replacement for Reyes than, than right. Because you have to think of, you can't yeah. think of Reyes as struggling and right getting an opportunity. You have to think who else could you give an opportunity if Reyes is struggling with. To me, Flores is one of them. And, you know, so far, I know he's not an everyday player, and I kind of agree with you guys on that, but. He does produce when
3: he's in there. He does. Well, I think no, the he... thing with Flores is, is I, listen, I like him. What's not, what's not to like? I mean, the guy wants to be here. The guy is a clutch hitter. He hits the power. The thing is, he kills lefties. Listen, you could put him in a game against any lefty. He's a great He kid. He's not as great against righties, and I think playing every day, he would get exposed that way. I think the right. role he's in now is perfect for him. I really do. I think this is the this is the role that he'll produce in. You know, he plays a few days a week, couple of two, three, maybe four days a week sometimes. I think that's the perfect role for him. I, I think he's in the I think you know he's definitely a bat you want up there in a big spot, though, there's no doubt about it, because he can hit, especially against the lefty. I mean he rakes lefties. He he kills lefties. He, he just really he, he's so confident up there against a lefty pitcher. And, it's fair you know, to say if you're playing if you're playing him right as a coach fans are going to think, hey, this guy should play every time. You know, he should be a regular starter. But if you make him a regular starter, you'll see why he's a great role player. So kind of what what you're saying, I think, is exactly right. He's being used properly, so you really see his value. If you made him start every day, the right-hand hitting would drag his average down, maybe hurt his confidence a little. You'd probably see a little bit more errors and some weakness in the defense. The way he's being used now, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect.
2: Well,
3: Just well, don't so get carried mean, away.
2: So, so you don't think in any situation he's a full-time player? I don't even necessarily mean the Mets.
3: On another team, right? It's a matter who you're competing with, you know, for a spot. No, but what? You're what not going to play know? him over Cabrera. He's not as no, good as a shortstop. I wouldn't play him at second. And same thing for the corners. He's not an outfielder. So because he's match. not great defensively. Okay,
2: so what I'm, what I'm saying is, if he plays full-time, what do you guys feel his pre- offensive production could be? I realize and everybody else, he would be an average to maybe a little below average defensive player, um, except maybe second base. I don't know. Um, but, but let's just go with the thing. He's, he's mediocre defense. What do you think his offensive numbers could be playing every day?
3: I don't, I don't know if they'd be any better than him playing in a role than what he's doing. I think he's capable of 20 home runs.
6: You know, honestly, batting
3: average, lefty and righty. I, I don't like the slumps against the righties sometimes hurt you and against the lefties. You know, he he's coming up against lefties full confidence that he can hit anybody. Hit it out of the park, hit a double, and a double for him. He's slow is is a good shot into a gap. You know, and wow. key hits. You know, he gets key hits and not just you know nobody on. These are important.
2: Actually, I actually think at best at best could be a 260, 25 home run, 70, 60, 70 runs batted in
3: guy. Yeah, that would be a great year for him.
2: I, I think so. But I think that's what he could do um, offensively playing full time. That's what I believe. Hmm. And that's not bad. I'm not saying he should be playing full time um, with the Mets. And I love his role, and I think Collins is actually using him wisely. Um mm-hmm. But but I just wonder if the, his future is not on the Mets for him, for his development, for him to get an opportunity. But you just don't know. I mean, you're never gonna
4: right.
2: hit 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 against righties if you don't play against them, right? I mean,
3: you're never gonna know. Right. He's not in a situation where really he's gonna get that shot, and barring any injuries. Because if anyone gets injured, he'd probably get the you know the shot at it. But he's not gonna develop so much. But you know, every World Series team, every pennant race team, you need a good bench. We didn't have, always have a great bench in the past. Now at least we have some names coming off the bench. I agree. You know, agree. guys that can hit a ball and Flores coming up, you know, pinch hitting. He, I think he's a good pinch hitter, too. That's a difficult role. You're cold. You haven't had two at-bats yet. It's usually later in the game. You've watched the pitchers, but you haven't faced And I think he's pretty good at it.
2: I think he's – look, I'm a, I'm a fan – I'm a fan from, you know, two years ago. I'm a fan from, you know, I think he has he's one of the guys that that you that can't teach. Um, he has the ability, you know, in the clutch to, to, to get hit. When when the game's on the line I don't mind seeing him up. Some guys I don't want to see up. You know, I'm I'm not saying he's my number one pick off the Mets to be up in those situations. But but I don't mind him getting up. Um, so you know, I just, well, I just, definitely you know, him over Ty Kelly, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, exactly. I, I want, you know, I, I just wonder from a fan standpoint. Ty Kelly, guys, oh boy, Ty Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> <he just> can, <laughs> appreciate him. Appreciate <laughs> him, you know, if he's going to be with the Mets much longer, right? I mean, because I, I want him to be, but I understand that he's not.
3: Hey, we've got a special, uh, we're gonna have a special guest joining us right now to say hello. How's that sound? Uh, Bring him on. Sal, what's
8: going on? Hey, Anthony, how are you? Oh, gee. What's geez. going on? <laughs> I got oh,
6: I, I'm there and Alan are on, too, with us.
8: Be, be, before we get into it, guys, let's all wish Adam a safe run tomorrow,
7: Boston, Boston Marathon,
8: Yes. three yes, other colleagues. A, I
7: said that earlier.
2: I, I, in the beginning of the show, I gave him a shout-out. too for Adam.
7: Good, uh, good luck. Right. On right. Monday. It's Monday, right?
2: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Is it
8: Monday? Maybe it's on Monday with the three other colleagues all from CIBC doing the right thing by representing and giving monies to charity, which is the best thing that anybody could do. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Adam, Adam, if you're there, be safe. Take your time. We look forward to seeing
2: you when you get back. Yes. Hey, it's, hey, it, it, it's a great accomplishment to be able to do that. I mean, I know millions of people—well, not millions, but thousands of people—do it every year, and people do accomplish it. We have, you know, gentlemen who who just uh, retired from 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 our job, and and he did it, I think, two or three times. But you, you can't understand what 26.2 miles is unless you get in your car, you, you click on your odometer, and drive 26.2 miles, and see exactly what kind of distance that is. It's really incredible. What, you know, the toll on the body, the the, the the mental toughness, the preparation, the time away from your loved ones to probably prepare. Um, you know, hats off. It, it really is some achievement.
3: And we know how much so, Adam
2: works hard every day,
3: uh, with the, you know, running and stuff.
2: So I've been listening to all you Mets
8: fans talk about the pros, the cars. Guys, it's so early in the season. I think the bottom line is if your pitching staff holds up, regardless of what your hitting does over the course oh of the season, in the end, it comes down to pitching. You guys are stacked with your pitching. If you have no injuries, I think you'll be okay. Do you have enough to win the World Series? I don't know. I think you have enough to make a push to the World Series and make a challenge, and absolutely. As long as your pitching stays healthy, you guys yes. are okay.
2: You know my my pet peeve about the Mets. If you want to fast forward, to you say we get in the playoff situation? Is I think with with these type of hitters, the all or nothing bomber kind of hitters, I don't think they typically do well in the in in, in a big spot. I think good pitching beats them enough. they if, if they against the team that have that right. has, has good pitching. I think Kansas City Royals having those punch and Judy I mean, and
3: guys. It, 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 you know that's into that. Good pitching beats anybody. <laughs> no matter, right. good, good pitching will beat anything. So. Exactly. Hey, the, hit, the hitting makes it a fun ride, right? Oh, but it is the play play pitching. Sal's right, 100% wins the World Series. That, that's what it comes down it's to. Down. So, how, how healthy this staff is, it's beautiful. And you guys. Sal, you, you, you got to feel
2: good about the Yankees, Sal.
3: Uh,
8: you know, you guys don't ever talk about the Yankees, but the Yankees
2: fans. Oh. You guys,
3: we have. Well, I talk about them. I was talking about them earlier on no, the show.
7: I talk about
2: them. Anthony's a Yankee fan.
7: This is just a Met Met Roundtable crew. So we're doing the Mets. But yeah, no, so the Yankees are off to a nice start, five in a row, right? You've got to be happy what you see there.
8: Yeah, you know, look, the Yankees are off to a good start. Again, I think some guys are performing better than what they'll do over the course of the season. You know, a guy like, you know, what's going to happen with a guy like Stacey over the course of the year and the young kid who threw the other day? Against Tampa Bay, you know those are going to be ups and downs, and you're going to take them. You know, I think the Yankee fans need to just be patient with Bird, who's off to a very, very, very slow start after coming out of spring training, doing really well. So let's play yeah, like the guys, only... in
6: the spring, right?
8: Yeah, you know, just just play play the birds, play the judges, play the Torreas, play, you know, keep Castro in there. Um, we're okay. We're not looking to win today. And I know we're going to get to basketball, but, you know, my theory is now, you know, you build from within. And, you know, anybody who has listened to me talk before will get to it. The same thing I preach with the Celtics, I'm going to preach with the Yankees, <laughs> which is, which is patience, You know, just be patient. There are teams out there that you're not going to beat even if you try to be impatient today and we're not into that, you know, one and done type of rebuilding anymore. It's big prone to get you in trouble. So just be patient and with the Yankees will be okay. Trust me, the Yankees
6: will
2: have a very good team in three years. I think you're absolutely right about this. When you're dealing with young young players and young people, patient with the inconsistency, you know, guys could, could look really well and things could look really well for a week or so, and then look really bad, right, because they're really what it is you got a, a, a some improvement players, right but but I think over the long haul, I think they they really over the last two years stocked up their farm system really well and and they have the buying power to to bring some folks on board to to, to assist the young guys that in a couple of years they'll be back to what the Yankees are and and that 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 a couple and, of years and, they're gonna and have this offer a them to start off. and and, and, you know. and this is a this is a this is a, <laughs> this is a fan's – this is a Mets fan speaking. I mean, I I still think they can contend, you know, in September. Like like I don't think they're going to be, you know, out of the race in in June or July, which the Mets fans suffered, you know, for for six seven years in a row. I mean, I think the Yankees, being the Yankees, will, will contend, you know, you know, into September to some point, you know. And if yeah, they get lucky, nothing know. I well, so they're getting
3: the point good. about uh, being patient. You know, I, I remember you saying it from the last couple of years about the Celtics being patient, and they did. And look, now they're the number one seed in the East, and they didn't trade away all their future assets. They still got all their assets, right? So that's right
8: as, as, as Yankee fans, we've seen that in the past. And let's face it, you know, there's a guy who I think most of us know by the name of Bryce Harper. I think we can all say we know this guy Bryce Harper who's in Washington right now. And look, you know, we could talk about who's going to pay, who's not going to pay, but when the Yankees throw $300-plus plus million down on the table, along with the endorsements of potentially playing in New York, Harper's going to have a decision. It's either going to be, yes, I want to be a Yankee or no, I don't, but, you know, we're going to be there, and we're going to put the money out there and some of these other players that I'm saying be impatient with. They're going to be in a different realm of their careers. The birds, the judges, the Toreas. What's going to happen with Mateo? What's going to happen with the kid we got for you know the Cleveland trade? So we're okay. We're but Mets
2: fans, well, okay, Met fans. you're going to be okay, Mets fans. You're going to be fine. The one That's the, going to the be one, one at the end of the The point I have to make, and, and, and I think it applies definitively to the Yankees and maybe not to the Celtics as well. It's easy to be patient when you in your lifetime. You've seen a lot of winning. You know the Mets fans really haven't seen a lot of a lot of winning, and and we've actually seen a lot of years where where we're, we're not even close to being in contention. So when you when you kind of mirror that up together, what happens is you do become impatient. You know you know you want you know in your lifetime, right? You had to see the Yankees win. I'm guessing what, 12, 13 championships? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yes, it's, for the and, and, and how many playoff runs you've seen, right, that they didn't win the championship. I mean, so it's easy to be patient when you, you, they put a competitive product on the field. Um, we've been, you know, you're talking about the Mets who really, you know, for six, seven years, I guess, from 2007 or 2008 to 2000, uh, maybe 13, 12, I mean, really, we're bottom feeders. I mean, we were literally out of the race in in July, by the Fourth of July. I mean, you know, it, it gets frustrating, Sadly. and it's and it's a long season to to you know, it's it's a long season to to feel that way, feel defeated where, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be out of this that early.
3: I mean, yeah. Here's I mean, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's, here's here's what I would say.
8: Your your pitching staff is so young. And your pitching staff has so much potential. Be up and willing to pay what they need to pay. You're going to be very good for a very long time. And I'm going to say it again: regardless of you who you have hitting, you're going to be contenders. I mean, your key, your starting pitching is out over the top, unbelievable. You have the best starting pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Right, you're right. It all comes down to help. I mean, and, you know? and, and, who's, and who's it? You guys have to help me again because I'm on a bet that out of your team, I mean, after Harvey, when you get the guys like Syndergaard and Wheeler and the rest of them, I mean, are any of them even 24 years old?
3: Well, Harvey's 26, right? Well, Harvey's 20. I think Wheeler might be like 26 now.
8: All right, so he's the old man. Think about that. you got a pitching staff where you have five top, top – And DeGrom's top like
3: 27.
8: Five, arguably yeah, number one starters is that you're under
2: 26 years yeah, old. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, and I'll give you this one too. I think because um, a lot of them had some arm issues, they're not even old arms. They're not even like 24 years old. Yeah, four they years. missed a year already and stuff like that. Right. yeah. You know, so, so pitching wise, they're very young as well. Yeah.
3: Oh, so what does that mean? That should be contending for at least four years. At least. Yes. Yeah.
7: Yeah. At
6: least. With the staff.
3: At least.
6: Yeah. least. No, well, the reason. thing is, and we say, talked about
3: what? it on the show, what frustrates us. When you have a staff like this, you have to go for it now, though. Because you don't know when tomorrow these guys can get hurt. You don't know. You have to go for it. And that's my thing. You know, the Mets not signing any free agents this whole offseason outside their team to me is a problem because this is the time you should be going for it and trying to add those final pieces that can put you over the top, you know? So, so look,
8: you guys are closest to the Mets, so here's a question. I mentioned Bryce Harper. You are talking earlier about a third baseman. The same way I'm sure that people who listen know a kid named Bryce Harper, I'm sure they also know a kid named Danny Machado.
3: Oh, that first yeah. Oh, the Mets. Really should be is. first in line in two years. They should be first All in right. line for Machado in two so, years.
8: So that's, so that's my point, right? You got a young player who's going to be a free agent. You got a young pension staff. You got Seth this. You got a couple of other young ball By the way, I, I like the kid. I think it was Anthony who mentioned Flores. Is Flores, isn't Flores the young kid who the Mets try to trade? Who ultimately yeah, ultimately he, he was crying. he was crying on the yeah. That, yeah. You want to know, so that kid, I've, again, I don't watch a lot of that game. That's the kid you want on your team as a utility player. He's a good kid. Yeah, he He's a wants player. to be there. He may, not be, he may not be your star, but you want that kid on your team.
3: Absolutely right. He, so yeah, he wants want to him. be here, you know. No. He wants to be on the team.
8: Right, go in. so go and get Manny Machado. Guess what? You got the best third baseman in baseball.
3: Well, I think I that mean, the, the Mets. The I don't Mets think are Machado though. The Mets won't pay Manny Machado. That's the only b- thing. Anthony, the, the the finances of the
2: Wilpons could change with their success in the next couple of years if they open their pocketbooks. They will be it's making the a lot of money. Of money. The only chance is the, the last couple of years. years they, get they get
3: all that, if and they get all that money, insurance money back. That's the only chance it's going to happen. Look, I know the men. I know the men. The, the lowpods. That's was, just how they are. I was, I was,
8: I was watching. I was watching the Yankee game last night. And they were talking about how CBS bought the Yankees for thirteen thousand dollars. Thirteen thousand. Sold it to Steinbrenner for ten thousand dollars. Oh my and the God! Yankees, and the Yankees today. <laughs> The Yankees today, according to Forbes, are worth $3.7 billion. But like they said, if the Yankees were ever to be put up for sale, the emotional aspect kicked in so much that they don't even know where the number would go above $3.7 billion. Why? Because they built a winning tradition by investing money, good and bad, over the course of Steinbrenner's years.
4: We've had some really bad
8: signings, some really good signings, but the, just the whole thing about the Yankees now, will the Mets ever have 26 World Series? It'd be worth $3.7 billion. No, but look, we're all in the investment world, right? you got to spend money to earn money. That's spend the money.
2: No, I yeah, agree with you, and I think they, they will have, I mean, they'll have the opportunity to because in the last couple of years, they've made a lot of money. Or for the club, and and they will continue to do that over the next two years, uh, I believe. And and if they put that money back into it yeah, they can get a player like that, of course.
8: Right, and if you don't want to spend the money, then sell the damn team to somebody who does, and go. Off Absolutely. And, you know, tell everybody how Absolutely. much money you yep. lost. You know, tell everybody how much money you lost with you know. Many, um. Uh, company, and you could go and cry the blues, but let's face it, you're still worth hundreds of millions of
2: dollars.
3: Absolutely. No, no, and look, and absolutely. I'll tell you, how great would it be for, for in New York, York sports? Them to try. You see, Hopper, Hopper on the Yankees and Machado on the Mets. How good would that be for New York baseball? Oh, that
2: would be fun. Did. The two of them would be the biggest thing around. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. So
3: That would be fantastic, actually. So, Sal, I wanted to ask you something, too, Sal, about uh, obviously I wanted to ask you about the NBA playoffs, but I wanted to ask you about this whole Phil Jackson's comment yesterday. What did you think about that saying, Melo better off somewhere else? (laughs) That's what finally took him two years to say it. You know, and and
8: and I feel sorry for, don't get me wrong, I feel sorry for Melo because, you know, look, We could all say, you know, Melo's selfish and Melo doesn't do this and Melo doesn't do that, but I think I've said this before. I'm going to give the guy credit that for whatever reason, in international play, he's the best player on the court. Best player on the court, look at it. He's better than people he plays with. So he can now. You know, Phil made comments about, you know, and Melo made comments about, you know, him not being able to play in the triangle offense. Look, the triangle offense, as you've also heard me say before, with Chicago and LA, having Jordan Pippen and company, having Holby and Shaq and company, is a lot different than having Bellow with you know, a, a, a you know, probably a seventy percent Derek Rose and nobody yeah. else around. So, you know, I, I think I think Phil took a shot at Nello, but you know something? They're they're not going to get what they're asking for him. Like, if they think they're getting the Celtics, you know, number one draft pick, they could dream on. The Celtics aren't going to give them the number one draft pick. Do I think they're going to get a top ten pick? No, I don't think they're going to get a top ten pick for Melo at this time in his career. Two years ago, when Chicago and Butler were in the play, yeah, but now, no, I don't
2: think they're going to get it anymore. The the thing I don't like, and I know – I have to go soon, but I'll, I'll say this kind of – I don't like publicly voicing those opinions he should find somewhere. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I think as a as a guy that, that runs a team and with his type of uh, um, impact, you know, uh, 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 media-wise, you know, everybody kind of knows that. You don't need to say it. I mean, what purpose does that bring? I mean, they could have closed-door sessions and he could say, look, I think – you know, you ran out your time here and, you know, we're going to be looking in other directions. But why say it publicly? It happens all the time in sports. And that kind of stuff bothers me. I don't think he needed. it. I really don't. Because because Melo has
8: a no trade, right? Melo has a no trade. So he basically is saying to him, look, you're never going to win here. And a player with your talent deserves to win a championship. So he sort of, like, insults his intelligence a little bit. And then also keep in mind that, you know, Melo's got a 15% kicker if he gets traded. So if the Knicks really want to step up, let the Knicks step up and say, look, we'll eat part of his salary, and I think you have a different view. But also, let's face it, guys, Phil Jackson makes $12 million a year. Tell me one trade. Tell me one move that Phil Jackson has made that has
7: made the Knicks any better.
2: No, he's, he's a horror scene. He's a horror scene. He
3: has not. Yeah. The only good movie he, he, he made he, he,
7: was crafting uh, Porsingas,
3: and even he involved, is, even I he is. took a step back this year. I well, mean, you no see, Porsingas didn't show up to the to the meeting to the year end meeting. He's pissed off over Jackson's comments yesterday, and he supported Mellow. He liked he liked Mellow's Twitter post yesterday about it. So we, doing you see. Porzingis is clearly not happy that they're gonna, you know, what they're doing here either.
8: You know, so I mean, you know, are, are we going to agree that signing Joe Team Noble was a good signing? Are we going to agree that signing Derek Rose for a one-year contract was a good thing? I mean, I don't think there's anybody who's a Knicks fan. Now grant the hindsight's twenty twenty maybe on rose, but really you're you pay that kind of money to Joaquin Noah. Like I mean, I don't know. I mean the, the Knicks the Knicks should tear the team my opinion. The Knicks should tear the team apart and start from scratch building around Porzingis and that other young big guy who seems to be like he could potentially be a player in Herman Herman
3: Gomez. Yeah, if
8: they're patient with him, like they've got to be patient. Again, what I said earlier,
7: when you chair
8: a team down and you're rebuilding, you got to be patient, and you got to do some really smart trades where you're going to get something two or three years down the road. Next year's college class, similar to this, is going to be over-the-top good. So maybe you get somebody from Melo, Maybe this year and a higher pick next year, I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna get for
3: him anymore. I agree. I they're not gonna get what they once got, there's no doubt about it. Like you said, they could have had they could have had Butler in a one a couple of years ago. You know, they're not getting that anymore.
8: You're right, you're not getting it and, and I'm gonna to say to everybody right now again, in my opinion, Jimmy Butler is not going to the Celtics for the number one pick. Butler is not worth a number one pick for this college class. It's not happening. If the Celtics trade that pick, I will be utterly shocked. Now, do I know who they're going to take or do I have a view? No, I think it's a very difficult decision because they have a lot of good young guards. I was shocked to even hear that Isaiah Thomas is only 26 years old. You know, so yeah. it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna to be it's gonna be a tough decision. The playoffs have a couple of interesting match, matchups. I think I'm gonna I'm going to, I'm gonna talk a little bit through this quick, class. So just jump in when you want me to stop, only because I'm in the process of driving, getting closer to where I'm going. So I think a very interesting matchup is gonna be Washington and Atlanta. A very interesting second round matchup, assuming they get through, and I think they will. Will be Cleveland and Toronto. I honestly think Toronto could take Cleveland down, and if nothing else, I think it significantly tire out team for the eventual matchup, which I believe will be against the Celtics. Uh, and I think Cleveland could find themselves in trouble this year. I really do. However, I will say, the, in my opinion, the odds-on favor, and I expect that to win it all, will be Golden State.
3: Yeah, that, that's what I said earlier. You know, I thought I thought another good matchup, maybe the Clippers-Utah could be a good matchup, and Houston-Oklahoma City, I thought would be tough matchups, too. Well, in, you, know, you, mentioned
8: Oklahoma, you mentioned Oklahoma State. and I was trying to explain to a young kid last night that what happened with Russell Westbrook this year, I waited 55 years to hear about it, obviously at my age at that time, I didn't even know about it, to see and witness what happened again. You may never witness what happened this year with Westbrook again. I agree with you. That could be a very intriguing series depending on how well Russell plays, but he obviously needs Sorbonis and Cantor and the guys around him to step up as well. Um, But that could be an interesting series. I'm not... uh, I'm not a total believer in Houston. Houston could sweep them, and I could be totally wrong. And I do like the Utah matchup. That Utah matchup could be very, very, very interesting. And you do think you agree with me on this, that Westbrook should definitely be the MVP?
7: No question. Right? I, I, no, I, I, no, I can say I, I, any questions.
8: Look, I, I, know, I, I, I know Harden had a great year. I know LeBron had a great year, but Think of what we're talking about. The guy averaged, averaged a
3: triple-double. Oh, yeah, this is taking nothing away from Harden or LeBron. It's just the year he's having. It's just, this is record-breaking. This hasn't happened, like you said, in 55 years. I mean, it's, you know. Who's the last guy who
2: did it? Guys, who's the last person who did it? Oscar Oscar Robinson Robinson in 1962. 1962. Wow. So I don't even think that's a question then, right? I mean.
3: Yeah. I mean the question you know, they're never, saying is Houston they're saying harden, that Houston's got a better record and all that stuff. And Harden's having a great year, but you know, yeah, it was a triple double, I don't care. And he got the team lost Durant, who's one of the best players in the league and they still made the playoffs that he had this year. To me you gotta you gotta give it to him.
8: Not only that, Russell plays Russell plays I like I better I think he plays better day than Harden and also the guy comp that he gives a 150% every minute that he's in the game. I have, I was fortunate enough to see him play the Knicks this year. I've never in my life and I've seen a lot of basketball. I've never seen a guy in my life who plays with poor heart and soul and honestly a positive, not a negative, angriness when he steps on the basketball court.
3: Yeah. I agree. He always has that fire,
0: you know, always.
2: Look, guys, I'm just going to jump in for a second because I have to hop. Look, have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Have a great time with your families and enjoy Easter, okay? Happy Easter. Thank you.
3: You too, Pat, man. Thank you. I'll be listening. Thanks, man.
2: So, uh,
8: you know, and then we have the draft coming up. This is going to be an interesting draft you have. You know you've got you've got the Celtics and you've got the Lakers and you have I know you have a lot of Philadelphia listeners out there. It's going to be interesting. The Philadelphia and the Lakers fans are going to be on their end of their seats on come lottery day to see whether it goes to Philadelphia or that it goes to the Lakers.
3: And your and, and our man Big Daddy, the Big Seventy Six, the fan Big Daddy, you know.
8: Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interesting. And obviously the big question in Philadelphia is, you know, Embiid. So I wish the kid nothing but luck because he's a beast and hopefully he gets healthy, he stays healthy, and he really comes and delivers the potential, which I think is unlimited right now as a, as a basketball player. Right? The kid's just very good. And you put him with Ben Simmons and some of the other pieces around him, I think the
3: Philadelphia 76 should have a nice thing going, there. Yeah, I, I agree. They, they're definitely going in the right direction. And they, and like you said, they're going to get
1: that one more piece now this year.
3: Yeah, you know, so
1: let
8: me ask you, what do you think of your view about, you know, the Cleveland fans and Cleveland saying, "Well, oh, it's okay, you know, we gave up the number one seed. We didn't need
2: it. Yeah, they really
3: conceded it, you know. They clearly conceded it because they 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 clearly gave up there at the end of the year. They didn't put, you know, they sat everybody. I mean, they tried to win it and then they lost a few in a row. And in the last two games, they just they sat everybody. Even the last day, right? I mean, you have a chance for home field. How, I mean, the Celtics ended up winning anyway, so it didn't matter. But you got to try to win, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, And, you know, look,
8: and again, you know, again, LeBron Le- Le- proved to everybody last year. You know, again not MVP in terms of his talent. And you what know, I said earlier about Melo playing, you know, out of over the top on an international basis, but I mean the best player in the world is LeBron. my guys, you can't expect, as this is the Cleveland fans, you can't expect LeBron to duplicate what he did in the last three games last year in the championship series. You just can't, like, he's a year older. He has a lot more minutes on his body this year. Who knows, you know, maybe Superman could do it again. But, you know, I just don't see it happening. I think LeBron could possibly wear down this year because Toronto, assuming they get to the next round, you know, they're going to throw a Baca at this guy for a number of games, and a Baca could play defense.
1: Yeah.
3: And I got to be honest with you, I think I, – I, I know you mentioned it earlier. I think, I think the Hawks could be – I think the Hawks got a good chance against uh, – here. I know, like everybody's on the Washington bandwagon. You know, well, I think they have a
8: nice little little three-headed monster in Porter, Wall, and Beal. You know, so that's yeah, where I, I think that's that the they're, thing. They're is you gonna... got
3: to slow up Deal. You got to slow up. You know, Wall. Obviously, you know, I, I mean, obviously, listen, they're gonna get their points too, you, but you have to kind of have to. Try to limit the damage. I say, right? More than anything. Yes. Yes. But yes. and you got to so, hope the other guys don't hurt you. That's the thing. You know that guy Morris kills them. He always kills them, even before he was on Washington. So that's a guy that they have to they have to slow up because that's that's a guy who, who you know one of the role players that could do them in. We'll we'll see what happens there. I'm looking forward to that though. I, I, I yeah, definitely think they have a shot. And I think I gotta be honest. With you, I think the Bulls. I think you guys are gonna win, but I think the Bulls can give you guys a tough time too. So. Yeah.
8: Yeah, I think it will go. I, I'm, I'm not saying we're gonna sweep them. I, I would say, in my opinion, I'd say top six games. Yeah. But, but the thing, but the thing I like about obviously the Celtics as a fan as well as a Celtics fan is. Yeah, you, know, you look at the Celtics and every night to be fair, they go 11 men, legit, legit deep. Yeah. That's before they get to that's before they get to Rozier. So the Celtics, and they're,
3: they're a very great coach up. team too. I mean, they're well coached the Celtics as well.
8: And play, yeah, and you know, and, I mean, like when you do that, when you have that many players to rotate in, and they're deep all around. They're deep at the guards and they're deep at the big men. Um. You know, they' they're probably happy to get into that you know six seven game grind that they, they don't have a problem with it I mean you know you're bringing guys like Brown and you know even smart you know so there's two very young aggressive defensive players off the bench because Bradley's back so Brown's not, not not starting anymore and you know smart's not starting because you have, Thomas and, and Bradley out there, but you know, that's they're deep. And then you throw a guy like Olin again and you throw a guy like Green and then you can throw a guy like Rogier in, you know, they're okay. I don't know if the Bulls go as deep. Um and let's face it, Wade is and again, Wade may come out and have an unbelievable suit. Wade Wade's old. I mean, Wade's an older player right now, and older players in the NBA, you know 30 years old in the NBA today, and you're done. You're out of the
3: league. Yeah, no, it's true. That's why you got That's why they say you got to get your money while you can, right? They say these guys are greedy, but you know what? You could be out of the league tomorrow. You got to get your money while you can. And like we were talking about me and you the other day, that's why these kids come out of college early, right? Because you're staring at this payday, you know, and it's been your dream your whole life, and it's staring at you. How can you not take it, right, and risk an injury where it ruins everything for
8: you. Well, yeah, like you and I were using a kid, Giles, from Duke, right? The kid had a right hand yeah. left in high school, so you know, I watched a lot of college basketball, like I'm sure everybody else, so what happens is the kid got better every every game. He got better and better. Similar to a kid who I happen to love out of Duke, Kid Tatum, and I said that a few weeks ago, that he was getting better and better. So a kid like Giles, for him to go back to Duke, right, even with his injuries, he'll probably be a top-ten pick. So I don't know what this NBA salary is now, but I'm a pretty simple guy. So why would he not go and take even, let's just say, he got a $9 million contract? Simple thinking, a $9 million contract, a guy averages two hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year over a 36-year career. How many people in America could say that, keeping things very simple? What? less than 1% of the population. So should he do that and hope that his knees hold up and he signs another extension after being a good ball player and really making a lot of money? But if you go back to Duke and take a chance on blowing out his ACL and doing what? Like, let's face it, guys, right? Play a game regardless of the sport for a lot of money. So, you take the the money and you run. That's my opinion. You know, we could talk about education and all that, but, you know, it's even with kids who get a good education today, and we're not going to get political here, but, you know, jobs are getting tougher to come by, and specific jobs are not available anymore. So, kids, take the money and run. I know there's going to be a lot of people who probably get upset with me by saying it, but... Put your child in that position with the situation that I laid out with Giles, and you tell me what you would tell your son to do.
3: Yeah, no, you have to. I mean, especially guys that are injured, you know, have an injury history. You definitely want to take the money because you get exactly. You know, if you have a major injury, you get one more major injury, you're screwed. You know, and now, so you you know, and you know, basketball. Obviously, we're talking about that too. Football too. I don't blame football players for taking the money because. You got, you know, you could be out of the league tomorrow in the NFL. Your team can cut you. You can get a, a bad injury, and you could be gone. You know, so football. I don't blame these guys for holding out. Football, especially, because you know you got, like you said, you got to get the money while you can, and there's a and, lot of money the, in sports today.
8: And the and the trend in football now is they they leave. As you see, more and more guys are now walking away after nine or ten years. You know, it's interesting, Barry Sanders did it years ago, but now you see other guys like Calvin Johnson where Calvin Johnson talks about the pain that his body is in even now after retiring. So, you know, those kids, absolutely, you got to take the money. The most surprising thing about football to me as a fan is that offensive linemen are now getting more money than running back to quarterbacks.
9: Yeah, it's...
3: It's truly great, like and you know you'll see, you'll see fans get mad at the players and say, "Oh, this guy's holding out, I hate him." You, you, can't, you can't blame a player for holding out for more money in today's day. You just can't. You, every, they're all doing it, and nothing tomorrow is guaranteed to you. And baseball, yeah, baseball, your money's guaranteed, you know, even in basketball, your money's guaranteed once you get it. Football, nothing's right. nothing's guaranteed. You get a little guaranteed. you get some guarantees, but your whole contract's not guaranteed
1: in football. You know, you signed a
3: five-year, seventy million dollar deal. Really, like two years and twenty-five, twenty twenty-five are guaranteed. That's it. You know, that other right. fifty, you got to earn that other fifty. You know.
8: Exactly. Um, yes. And the so reason why going... the playoffs
3: to be interesting this year for sure in basketball.
8: Yeah, I think they're so, these are
3: the... Cleveland of looks a little vulnerable.
8: Basketball.
3: You know, it's no slam dunk, like you said, that Cleveland's going to get through, you know. They're, they're definitely vulnerable this year. They could be beat this year. Yeah, and ironically
8: enough, you know, I think that it's going to be... The East, ironically enough, has gotten physical again like it was a few years ago, and Cleveland's going to face some... You know, physical play, I'll be the first one to tell you, the Celtics play a physical game of basketball. They're going to get out there and they're going to hit you. I think Toronto is going to get out there and hit them as well. I really do.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think the Hawks, too, if they play them, they will, too. Cause with Howard, they've become a lot more physical team with Howard now, too. Ups,
8: uh, no question about it. I think the West is still that more finesse type of game.
3: Yeah, I agree.
8: So it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting and fun to watch, let's put it that way.
3: It definitely will. It'll be interesting to see next week where we're at when we talk next week to see what the series look like, you know, because 'cause we'll be a couple of games into all the series by then as well. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any surprises or any shockers in the making, you know. Yes,
8: and we'll see where Phil and Melo are at that time, and we'll see where obviously nothing's going to happen until after the, you know, the lottery happens with the NBA. So, and we see where teams fall out, and then you'll get a better idea as to where it's all going to be, you know.
3: Yes. Yeah. Who
8: knows? Maybe Melo eventually winds up in a later or a Celtic or possibly a Cleveland uniform, depending on how much people are willing to give and take.
4: Yeah.
8: Hey, look, as it, it, a self when I take Mello and again, I'd have to think about this because a lot of it comes down to chemistry. When I think about taking Mello for, you know, a, a cheap a type of deal, possibly, but his salary is the thing that would kill me because you're holding on to that salary for a little bit more time. I agree. But, Anthony, I'm going to have to hop on you. Great talk. Thank Thanks car. for calling us. Always, bit I
3: appreciate it.
8: You know, I've been a little bit out of it for a little bit. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is our conversation with football. If Cleveland takes anybody, but that kid from Texas A&M, if you're a Cleveland Brown fan, change your allegiance. I
9: agree.
7: I agree. It's time to flip out if that happens. Exactly.
3: They better take that guy, and then you got the number twelve pick. You can get a quarterback, or you can move, use your extra picks and move up. And we're going to talk Amen. to Doodoo Brown, Doodoo Brown, our giant insider, is going to join us in a couple of minutes, and we're going to we're going to ask him about that. What he hears, if he has anything on that, any new rumors on that. All right,
8: and you have a great weekend. Enjoy your you family. too. Have a happy Easter, hey.
3: you and the family. And I'll see you. i see you during the week. and Definitely next week, we'll talk more NBA playoffs.
8: And, again, Adam, if you're listening, babe, just be safe, good luck, and I know you'll represent us real well. We're proud of you. Thank you.
3: Yes, we are, Adam, for sure. Thanks, Sal. Have,
8: have, have a good one. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.
3: Sal from Jersey, always great with the NBA, talking some baseball and football with him as well. Did great job with the NBA playoffs, Sal. Thanks for coming on. Alan, you're still there, right? Yeah, hanging on. Right, we're going Great to basketball to talk Br- by the
6: way. to now to talk some football.
7: Hey, what what's do you, you say, fellas?
3: What's going on. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Hey, happy Easter. So I just yeah, want to give a Twelve days away, out. fellas. Twelve days. I'm going to pull the contest winner at 12:10 for the co-host contest winner. So I'm going to, we're going to be pulling the winner at 12:10. Just a heads up, to everybody listening who's waiting to see who who wins. So, Joe. Cool. As yes. we were just talking about with Sal, as he mentioned, like so, Seattle. You think Seattle? i um, Seattle. You think Cleveland goes any other direction other than Miles Garrett? I mean, can they? Would it be stupid? What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one pick. I think everybody knows, you know, is confident it's going to be Garrett. I mean, you know, I know this is the Cleveland Browns, but I think it's safe to say they go Garrett with <laughs> like that pick. When they yeah, go with 12, I, I, I that's another Seattle story, you know.
3: Um, I mean. If they pass yeah, on something wrong, I mean, you
1: know. Yeah, he's like the consensus best player in the draft. Does that mean he's going to be? You know, if everybody had a crystal ball, you know yeah. but He seems clearly cool. the best guy, and you know it's a safe pick for them. And uh, you know, after that, who knows what the Cleveland Browns are thinking? I mean, they've been the worst franchise in football since they came back. And you know, they pick at the top of the draft every year for a reason because they just—they're a train wreck. And until they turn it around, you know, we have no other reason to believe in them. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe the, uh, uh, that. yeah,
3: until they actually do it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, they need to show Ray some Allen. progress. Like, get, get seven wins, you know, and, and let's see, you know.
3: What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I'm hoping Cleveland screws it up somehow. Find <laughs> some way to just
1: do something wrong
3: and make a trade and and then put more bad players that don't pan out for them. <laughs> That, that as just as may a, happen, as a, as a you, you got to think that
1: way. Yeah. Right, and then develop a player a couple of years, seems okay, trade him.
3: Just You're a no Steelers fan, am I correct, Alan? Yeah, that's, that's correct.
1: I wouldn't be worried about the Cleveland Browns. No, we got better teams in our division to worry about.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and right now, Let's, you guys get, let's, let's give to a shout-out first to the Steelers owner that passed away, obviously. Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney is yeah. tough uh, you know, Obviously a great as a Steeler fan, Alan. You can tell us quick like what is you know, he meant to that franchise, right? I mean the players loved him.
8: Yeah,
6: it's
3: it's a whole family legacy from Art Rooney passed on to Dan Rooney and now Art Rooney Junior and 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 all the Steeler blogs on their website. You just see former players, former coaches, you know, saying how much he means to the community, to players, mentoring, father like figure, kinda of everything you'd want. Or well, the opposite of being the Will Pons. From an owner, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Rooney, the
1: Rooney's are probably one of the more prominent owners in the league. Yeah, you know, yeah. In the NFL, pioneers, you know, where to begin, you know. Yeah, yeah. They put the Steelers on the map, you know. Even yeah. from
3: Art Rooney, they would say he would walk out in the streets with his glasses, a cigar, and kids would follow him, just go right into the heart of communities and talk to people.
1: Not something you would yeah. would do as an owner today.
3: Dan yeah, Rooney the Rooney's and the
1: Mariners. Have a lot of ties. I mean, the they are they're married into each other now, right? You have Rooney Mara, the one granddaughter, mm-hmm. and the other one, mm-hmm. Kate Mara. They're, they're both actresses and stuff. And yeah, I'm sure the Steeles will be fine. You know, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, they they do well in draft,
3: and uh, they they've been bringing in a lot of cornerbacks, a couple wide receivers. I think it's pretty clear this year they're going to um, draft a quarterback. You know, every quarterback they they talk to is the potential quarterback of the future. Is this the guy now? Is this the guy now? That's like all I'm reading. Like, until we pick somebody and Ben retires, then they'll be the guy. I'm hoping they draft somebody because I just – Landry Jones is not – you know, the backup is not the future of the team in any way, shape, or form. So let's just get someone on the team on the roster. It's not thrown into the fire. Not doesn't have a lot of pressure. We all know replacing franchise quarterbacks, the Giants are going to go through the same thing. The Dolphins
1: trying to replace the Marinos. It's just not easy to to steal from Bradshaw to Benton. It's not easy. No, it's not often you get a guy who could hold it down for 10-plus years. You know what I mean?
4: Regardless if they
1: win Super Bowls, you're lucky enough to have a guy who could start for 10 years. You know, look at all the teams with quarterback problems. There's more teams with quarterback problems than there are stability. Right. It's it's a difficult position to
3: fill and get a guy can say, okay, we don't have to. We're, we're drafting backups. We need someone to spot them if they're out. And you can focus on the rest of the team. And that's really yeah. what you want out of your quarterback draft and out of your starting quarterback. When you get it, it's it's hard. And when you lose it, there's a lot of pressure on that replacement.
4: Sure.
1: And the rest of the team, you know, they got to pick up the slack as well. Right. And, and I it think about like just yesterday is. these guys were drafted, Big Ben, Eli, and Rivers, and here they are, you know, winding down, you know, and and we're talking about replacements. Funny how time flies.
3: It, it did. I, I like would like Ben to play another 10 years, and I think that's why he started with them. I might retire. I don't know. The fans' mindset, right. it, it's not there for post-Ben, not yet. And right, right. And at least right. finally we're, we're crossing that bridge as a Steel fan. You know, Ben's not the of the of the all the quarterbacks. I think he's one of the best, but not the best. But he's right. been the guy, and and it's hard to move past that. You know, he's got us to playoffs, he's got us uh, two rings. We had to watch him lose a, a Super Bowl, but you
1: get there, and you know, you're competitive with him. And the guy's a winner. I think you know, anybody would sign up for that, Al. If somebody told you you're drafting a quarterback, you're going to win two out of three Super Bowls, and get 10 plus years out of them. What GM exactly. wouldn't take that, <laughs> you know? Right. And yeah. better than most franchises, unless you're a baker. is. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for this him. draft. Twelve more days, sellers. Twelve more so days. So speaking
3: of the draft, y'all, what do you think? So let's look at the Giants first. What do you think the Giants are going for? What
1: do you think the Giants are going? Well, I mean, you know, the obvious need. As an offensive lineman. We all know that. Everybody's been talking about it and stuff. But I, I, my gut feeling, and I'm no draft expert, but my gut feeling is there's no there's not going to be an old lineman there they value high enough to take there. Because I think anyone that they, they feel worth taking will be gone already. And something just tells me they're going to go defensive line. I just feel like they're going to beef up the D-line. Maybe an edge rusher, you know, or maybe a defensive tackle now that Hankins ain't coming back. that That's just my gut feeling. You know, I, I just hope they take the best player available. I mean, the, one, the two positions I think we, we can honestly say they probably won't take, but, I mean, listen, you never know, is wide receiver and a cornerback. Uh, anything else, I think, you know, they're yeah, I don't so maybe we'll so actually wide, see them take see a the linebacker. So I, I can't see that. Yeah, I, that's the one, those are the two positions I just don't see them going in the first round. And I, would I be shocked they take a quarterback? Not totally. I don't know that they would take one in the first round, though. You know, maybe if there's someone they really like in the second third that's there that they really feel they maybe they could groom, yeah then maybe. You know, I'm interested to see, you know, the Giants never tip their hand. That's one thing I gotta say. You never really know what they're thinking. You know, you just never know. Like no one really thought they were gonna take Eli Apple last year. You know, he you knew he was on their radar, but you know, you asked a lot of giant fans, they would, no one would have thought they were taking him. So you really just never know. You know, the year they took JPP, they had OCU Maniora, they had Tuck. They were deep on the D-line, and yet they took one anyway. So you just never know, you know?
3: That's probably a good way to play the draft because, you know, your opposition is looking at who you might pick.
1: Right. And, right. and it,
3: it impacts who's left when you're picking. And that's yeah. your hand. the player you want might, you know, maybe it makes it more likely they're available.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one, one team could – you know, come out of left field and make a pick that no one saw coming. And that could just change everything for everyone. You know, it affects everybody slotted below them. You know, yeah. so that's the fun thing about the draft, you know. And uh, you hey, know, look, look some what trades. happened
3: with Rivers and Eli and Ben.
1: You know, the Steelers thought they we were going to get Phillip Rivers. Right. You
3: know, and, right. Happened and kind of each quarterback went where they belonged, I think.
1: Yeah, they all went um, where they went, yeah.
3: Yeah, they did all – you
1: know, Ben is definitely a Steel type guy.
4: Eli, I thought,
1: was, was perfect
4: for That's the That's his has got it. And
1: if uh, any if any one of those three would have ended up in San Diego, it would have had the same results. Like, if Rivers would have went, say, to the Giants and the Steelers, I'd say he'd probably have at least one ring. probably. But either of yeah. the two, say, Eli or Ben went to San Diego, neither one's getting a ring. It's just because of the organization itself. I mean, Giants and the Steelers are just class organizations okay. where – the charges are the charges, you know?
3: Yeah, and all three quarterbacks have the talent. I I just felt the personalities ended
1: up in the right towns. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. And I've seen numerous interviews with Ernie Aqorsi, and, you know, he said, like, the Giants were probably going to take Big Ben, but once they knew they had a shot at Eli, they rolled the dice, drafted Rivers, and the rest we know Mm -hmm. is history. But
3: it just shows you how crazy things can go and that's you know, all quarterbacks. Let alone yeah. making a trade for a different position. You know, this is three talented quarterbacks, then probably least time playing in college. And somehow it all right. worked out.
1: Yeah, and it goes to show what a difference it makes, like the team that dress you. how you know what I mean? Like could be all the difference. Of a, you know, yeah, exactly. Your success, possibly a whole fame career as opposed to you know, just a career of mediocrity. Which, I mean, I, I should say, Rivers deserves more than that. He's had an excellent career, but, you know, just, yeah. he's, on, he's on the charges, you know. Not at all. <laughs> well, let me throw out
3: a Cleveland Brown knock. If Manziel doesn't get drafted by Cleveland and gets drafted by a different organization, that's just right. better than Cleveland, is he still out of the NFL at this point? I yeah, think I think it's because train wreck, he would have did something stupid somewhere else. I mean, yeah, like,
1: yeah. I think I think <laughs> just because the kid, he was a party animal. You know what I mean? He was, yeah, the kid just wanted to right. party. He was immature. You know, and I think that would have happened anywhere. Yeah, he would have needed a no, like a no-tolerance, Coughlin-type coach, like a no-tolerance guy. Yeah, and I don't even think that would have mattered. Clash. Yeah, I don't think that would have even mattered. I, you know, the kid was just out of control. You know what happens. Right. You know? It's a shame because you know, you know he could have had a career. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't know if he was NFL size, you know. And, and watching him play in, in the the few games he played with Cleveland, you know, against Pittsburgh, I thought he was a kid with a huge ego. Right. I just thought he was the savior of a franchise and was going to immediately be good in the NFL. That really helps when you get drafted by the Steelers or the Giants or. A, a winning franchise. Right. Uh, is there any single player that can save Cleveland? You looking for nope. players that can turn it around, they can turn the corner. Right. Save them until, like, oh, we're going to be contending, you know, at the time when the Ravens were so good, the Steelers are okay, and the Bengals are decent. Like,
1: you got to be realistic with Cleveland. Yeah, well, I think with Cleveland, you know, it starts from the top down. I mean, all these other teams you mentioned, like, the Steelers, the Ravens, these are great organizations. They draft well. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Like Cleveland is hitting the reset button every two, three years. You know they got a new regime. There's no stability. Right. You, you know, so and and why should you have any faith in Hugh Jackson and what they're doing now? You know what I mean. You know until they yeah. prove otherwise. You know. But if Manziel say did have his head screwed on straight, I don't know that he would have been a good pro. No one. He would have had a job. You know, if not a starter, he would have been a backup somewhere. He would have been doing something. Right. You know, because there's always room for a quarterback, even if it's a backup. You know, there's never enough of them.
3: Yeah, every team has three, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah?
3: He'd be getting paid somewhere. You know, he had legs, he had a decent arm. I just saw his size as an issue and his ego.
1: Right, right. I mean, his his ego this is a guy that could have completed. worked to his advantage if he wasn't so unstable. Like you know, confidence yeah, is never yeah. a bad thing, especially in a quarterback. But a good he, thing, yeah, confidence. Yeah, a good it's thing, great. But, but you got to be able to control when you're a party it. animal. Yeah, you know, when you want to party and go out in nightclubs and doing cocaine uh, in the bathroom, people the taking team, pitches. Right? I mean, come on, man. You know,
3: it, it impacts the whole team,
1: and, and it's it sure one does.
3: position guys look up to.
1: you know, think about it. You're the leader, right? Yeah, you lead the field, by you're example. Yeah, you can't set that kind of example. No way, no way. Yeah, but I wouldn't doubt if two years from now we're here is making a comeback, <laughs> you know. Just never know. <laughs> probably never not know. for
3: Cleveland, but
1: he, no, he'd have to be pretty yet.
3: desperate for a quarterback to take a chance on him. Yeah. So what about, and what about he'd what have about to the, really prove something off field. So, like, Cleveland's second, first round, they're at number 12. Then we could see them definitely going to quarterback there, right, you would think?
2: Possibly. Or maybe even moving up a
3: few slots to get somebody they want if he's there still.
1: You know what? They could stand pat at 12, take another position, and then still move up. Because I think these quarterbacks, a lot of them are going to slide, first round and still get like a Mahomes or a Kaiser or somebody, right? Right. For all we know, all those guys might be there late in the first round. You know, you watch It also
3: depends who they like. We don't know who they like the best out of them
1: either, right? So that's another Well, from the little bit I've been following, they really like Trubisky because he's a local kid grew up a Browns fan and all that. Well stuff, that's what you're you going to know about. If Trubisky
3: is still there like number six, seven, so are they gonna jump up right there? That's with
1: you know like well, the Jets are when a you, team when you gotta, be
3: looking to trade down. Now the Jets supposedly like Trubisky a lot too. Do the Jets take him if they had, if he's there?
1: I, I think if the Jets take a quarterback in the first round they're retarded. I, I think it's I, I, do I agree. I I don't see how you could take another one. I really don't Yeah. Know. Just take the best player available. There's not a position they don't need. So, best player available. That's it. Best guy on the board. Take him, no matter what he plays. But a quarterback. I mean, I think they should really give a good hard look to the two guys they got. They may have a quarterback. You know, you let these kids play. You didn't even see enough of them. You know, and they to be bad play, enough man. that yeah, they to be bad enough that next every, year every year. No, especially not early. And they're going to be bad enough where next year, if if they, they don't believe in the two guys they got, they didn't like what they see, they can address the quarterback next year. You know? Yeah. So, right. uh, now,
3: looking at, uh, to Allen, too, at Pittsburgh, so I'm hearing Pittsburgh really wants a tight end, that if one of those two tight ends were there, they'd jump on them, but most likely they're not going to be there at 30, those two tight ends. You
1: know, the Miami mm-hmm. tight
3: end and, uh, and Howard, but...
1: Um, you got the other guy, Ingram, too, though, is supposed to be really good. He could be a first-rounder. I heard rounder. they're really
3: high on Peppers. I heard if
1: Peppers is there, the Steelers would take him, too. So, well, you know, the question is, will
3: any of these I guys see that for the Steelers? You know, that's the question. They have a good talent with Darius Green, but he's still got some problems.
1: Yeah, he They can't stay on the field. That guys. guy's always hurt. yeah. I'd be confident that the Steelers are going to make a good pick, no matter what. They always dress well.
3: And they're saying Ben wants. They're saying Ben wants. Uh, ben wants a tight end. Like he, he's asking them for a big, uh, a young tight end. Um, so that'd be interesting to see if that's where they go early for Ben to keep Ben happy. Maybe make Ben hang around another couple of years. You know, too. so who knows? You know. That's what makes him happy. Maybe. That's, you know he, knows he doesn't want to see him retire. You know the value of Heath Miller, you know, just having a guy that's been here a long time, can block, can pass blocks, you know, and can catch a ball, you know, it's your third option. I think with screens Green's a big play guy, but he's just not – it
1: doesn't matter if you're not going to be on the field. That's the bottom line. With it. I can see the Steelers going linebacker, you know, with Timmons leaving. And, uh, I can see them going linebacker. And there'll be, a yeah. you know, a nice batch of them down there where they pick.
3: Yeah, their, their key positions and the guys they've been inviting into camp have been corners and a couple of wide receivers. I think that's a lot but uh their concern with Martavis Bryant and the NFL right. not reinstating him yet and, and possibly starting without him. I, I don't know what what's happening there, why he's not reinstated. It's just post to post good news, but not yet. Good news, but not yet.
1: And Martavis mm-hmm.
3: Bryant was a big part of their offense.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're going to need someone else. You know, can't go to Brown all day. They're no, just
3: Brown and Bell, and, and it, it, it was a problem. They didn't have enough receivers around Brown. Uh, a young kid they drafted, Demarcus Ayers, but he's not tall. So, Brian, a, a player like Brian, that's probably why they picked up the guy from Buffalo, right? Tall guy. Yeah. I would like, honestly, I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see Pittsburgh grab a tight end there if he's the, if one of those guys are there. Yeah. If not, if not, I'd like to see them in. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Pittsburgh add a, a, a secondary help, more secondary help. If not, or do they try to replace Timmons? because Timmons left, and they look for another linebacker? Yeah. Well,
1: there's, there's, there's a lot of linebackers. So
3: I personally yeah, think the cool. Giants should go linebacker
1: in my I, my opinion. I think they might. I think there's a good chance they might. You know, if the right guys there, who they like, you know, they value him enough. I, you know, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I've been mean, crying for it for years, but you know, until they do, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, not like, I'm expecting uh, it's
3: going to it's gonna be interesting. But, you know, next week, obviously, there's no show next week to do a real mock, but we're gonna, I'm gonna do a, we're gonna, I'm working on doing a special this week, one night during the week. So maybe we could all get back together and we'll get Pete on here and do like a, a draft mock special before, uh, the, before the draft, you know, the following week. If, if you guys, you know, I'll work out a time with you guys that works for you guys. But I think that'll be fun if yeah. we go through a whole first round or something and try to, you know, project the first round and stuff. Yeah, that sounds and, cool. And, uh, you know, I want to get it a little closer to the draft because we may get trades and stuff. So I'd like to do it. You know, sometime before the draft, but obviously I'm not doing a show next Saturday because Anthony's birthday. But I want to, I'm going to do a, I'm going to pick a day during the week to do like a special show. Maybe we could ever we'll
1: do a, just like a special football show. It'll be all football. I don't think there's going to be any trades before the draft, but during, I think there's potential. I mean, you know, obviously the, the Garoppolo you know, thing. Rick, yeah,
3: the big McCarran. Trade happened with, uh, you know, the, ten, the number one pick where the Rams traded up for uh, the number one pick. It happened
1: about, this right, time, right. about a
3: week or two before the draft, right?
1: Yeah, something so, like that. But you know what? I don't think you know those were for quarterbacks, and I don't think anybody's that desperate to move up for a quarterback. The only team that would is Cleveland. They already have the first pick, right? Yeah. So wasn't that going to you know. be
3: Cleveland's big move? They
1: trade their first pick for Garoppolo. Oh my God! If they do that, I mean, they I don't know. Leave. They deserve to be the Browns. They got a first rounder to take Garoppolo. All
3: right, right wait now. what? He, Cleveland got Garoppolo. They have him.
1: Right. What do you mean? They you they mean, got yeah. a
3: first round to, to take Garoppolo's contract,
1: Cleveland. No, you're talking about, what's his name? Osweiler. I mean, Osweiler, <laughs> that's what I'm
3: talking about. Yeah,
1: you're right. Right, Garoppolo. right, right. right. Like, yeah, Osweiler, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Did mean, yeah, so they, right the <laughs> yeah, they
3: trade the first
1: pick for, for Garoppolo? Everybody better get party. Uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> At that point. Anything in the first two rounds. You know what? I'd give a third rounder, but nothing more. Yeah. Honestly, nothing more. Third rounder, you know, that's a Take a gamble. fly for a third rounder. You know, they got
2: a lot
3: of effort
1: yeah. to take a fly on it. Yeah. You know? I mean, for that matter, just draft one then. If you're going to give up, you know, that to him. Yeah. guy played two games. Uh, Whoopie-doo. Right. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, I, I could see during the draft, even maybe the Bengals deal in McCarron. You know, how long are they going to hang on to him? He's got some value. Yeah. They, well, they, they get a lot like of problems.
3: Cleveland, Cleveland was really interested in him, they were saying.
1: Yeah, but it's but in the division. So that might not, interested you know. In
3: that would be, imagine they train him yeah. in the division.
1: That would be interesting too, right? I think he's just as interesting a prospect as Garoppolo, if not better. You know, the, if Garoppolo wasn't on New England, we wouldn't even be having this discussion right now.
3: Oh, yeah, we always hear with New England.
1: You, you know? know? Yeah, we, we well, wouldn't we even be yeah, talking right? about this. No. We heard
3: this with Ryan Mallett. We heard it with Mr. Uh, Space. The other guy, Castle, Matt Castle. Matt yeah.
1: yeah.
3: So this is this and is not is just Belichick, the past, but and Belichick knows I how to, to rev up the rev up the value of his players. So you know,
1: right? So. And, and and throughout the years, there's been plenty of backups. Rob Johnson, Billy Bullock. These guys they get dealt and they, they get a contract and they don't pan out. Who who's yes. the other guy? He ended up on the Dolphins. He was on the Packers. Quinn was that his name? I forgot. And the quarterback. Quinn, jeez, well, I can't remember the guy's
3: yeah. name. what was the thing? I know who you're
1: talking about. too yeah, he went to the Dolphins. He was on the green. He was
3: the Quinn, backup on Green Bay. No, he didn't go to the Dolphins. He ends up going to the Raiders. But right? the Dolphins passed right, right, on him. They right. almost signed
1: right. him. They ended up passing yeah, it on him. It happens. This goes back yeah. to the quarterback. There's always a job for a quarterback. They get the guy comes in. He has one hot week, yeah. and everybody loves him.
3: Like you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he right. get sucked in all the time.
3: Yeah, they do. No, you're right. it's like they yeah. you know, especially when you got a guy like Belichick who's a master negotiator who
1: can just completely rob yeah. people,
3: you know. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. All right guys. Well I wanna thank you for joining. I'm to do I gotta do the contest now. But so I wanna thank right, you guys man, for uh thank you. I wanna thank you guys for calling in to a football and we're gonna get we're gonna do our football draft special this week. So I'll I'll you know, That's talk to you guys to offline you and work out it. Work out a of time offline with you guys that works for you guys, all right? All, all right. right, all right, man. See and you later. Have a, happy Bye. Easter. Bye. have a happy Easter. You too,
1: guys. Glad to Thank
3: you. Thank you.
4: Thanks,
3: guys. Alan from Oakland and Dudu Brown doing great football talk as always. Did a little, some baseball with Alan as well, and he was on during the basketball segment, But then a great little football preview. And we're going to do a special this week, a draft special with me, Joe, Alan, and Pete. So it'll be a, a very uh, a fun draft roundtable to go around the draft. So now Tony from Hazlitt, who's my contest coordinator, is is on the line, and she's going to announce the winner of the Mojo Sports Contest. Tony, what's going on?
5: Hey, how are you, Mr. Mojo?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you.
7: So this is exciting here. I'm going to play a drum roll. I'm going to play a drum roll, and
3: then you're going to announce the winner. So this is for the first ever mojo sports show co-host contest the winner is going to get to co-host the may 13th show with me we'll just be talking about all the top news in sports it'll be a lot of fun and it's a great opportunity for somebody who loves doing this like i do to get a chance to get on the air and, and you know have some fun so it's very exciting we have a lot of entries and your winner has been selected and you know without further ado
7: and the winner is Nick Russo
2: Nick Russo So Nick Russo
3: a friend of Anthony Cicilli. And and I believe really, it could be a family member of a, of a long-time friend Nick Russo So very uh, exciting for Nick Russo and I know he's uh he's very into this into podcasts and into sports radio so he's uh You know, he was looking to get involved, so he's definitely a good opportunity for him. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll be reaching out to Nick Russo, and, uh, you know, we'll be setting up the May 13th show, which is going to be a lot of fun. So congratulations, Nick, on winning, and I'll be reaching out to you to give you congrats, and we'll talk about how we're going to work the show on May 13th. So congratulations. Congratulations. Tony, Tony, thank you very much my my uh my event coordinator and uh you know
5: the, 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 uh, brain,
3: see, the, the brain's behind it, the scenes right here it's tony
5: too bad too bad your wife couldn't go in because we all know that I know everything there is to know about sports,
7: yeah hey listen tony <laughs> tony Tony from Ha wasn't
3: eligible uh,
7: that's all
5: right
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you very much for all your help, and thanks for, for picking the winner for me.
5: No problem. Uh, have a great rest of your show.
3: Thank you very much.
5: Okay. Talk
3: to you later. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Coming from Hazlitt, picking the winner of the, the Mojo Sports Contest, the co-host so Nick Russo. Congratulations, Nick Russo, if you're listening. And uh, congratulations. I look forward to doing the show with you, and uh you know, and I'll, I'll be reaching out to you shortly, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll start talking about how, you know, what we're going to do on the show. But most of it's going to be pretty much the news of the, of, you know, what's going on, the top news at the moment. So, but we'll be talking, you know, we'll be doing obviously baseball, football, playoffs. We'll be doing everything we'll be covering everything. You'll be taking phone calls with me, so it'll be a, a lot of fun. I look forward to it, and and uh, I w- like I said, I'll be reaching out to you soon, for sure. Okay, so. We're gonna we're gonna be doing our my NFL show is coming on is gonna be starting in a minute. Mr. Berger will be joining us, and we're gonna be uh we'll be doing about uh, some hockey. Obviously, some ranges. We're gonna be talking some ranges. Obviously, Rangers lost a tough one last night. It's one game up after a tough loss, so we'll see how they can respond in game three. So, without further ado, I want to bring in my man, Mr. Berger. What's going on, Mr. Berger?
4: Hey, hey,
9: hey. What's going on? How are you, my man? I'm doing very well, thank you.
6: And, uh, you know, the hockey
9: playoffs are in
7: full
3: effect. They're underway.
7: And yes, are tough, they are. Yes,
3: loss. they are. Tough loss last night for the Rangers, right? I mean, up 17 seconds, they're so close to taking the first two on the road, right? I mean, well, it's
9: let me a tough, ask you is, Jean, tough loss. Is, is Gene Cherry on as well?
3: Gene's not on yet.
9: I don't see him on hold yet.
3: So, wait for right. when Gene calls, we'll, we'll bring him right in.
9: But, yeah, all right. So, so, let's just dive into it. So, let's dive into it. Obviously,
3: the Rangers took game one, 2 nothing, and then yesterday, obviously, a tough loss. You know, the lead with 17 seconds left, it's a tough, tough loss to swallow. But, you know, they still got the split in Montreal. How do you feel after the first two games?
9: Well, uh, how do I feel after the first two games? I think uh, I think that uh, the first game was um, was evenly matched. I think you know, Montreal had their surges. I think we had our surges. Obviously, uh, you know, Lunquist and Price were the, were the difference in both games. Um, yesterday, Montreal, for them, it was a must-win situation. So they came out, like, a you know, with a blaze. Um, you know, they, it seemed to me they played with a lot more intensity and a lot more desire to win. They were winning the loose puck battles, um... I mean, a couple of you know, it's you know, they're you know, they're shutting down our game, and our game is is the, is that breakout you know the the breakout zone game, and you know Claude Julian is doing a very good coaching job in clogging up the neutral zone where he's not allowing us to play our game. You know, granted that we had a few chances, you know, in our style of play. But nevertheless, I think that Montreal is doing a wonderful job clogging up the neutral zone, so they're limiting our chances in terms of the 2-on-1s, the 3-on-2s, you know, the defensemen joining the rush. Um, You know, I think we were outplayed yesterday. I think that we were quite lucky to be up 3-2, to and... um, I wasn't aware of this until Gene Cherry told me, but Klein was a healthy scratch yesterday where I don't understand why he had Holden in the line. I mean, I know that, you know, when you win a game in the playoffs, it's very difficult to change a lineup. You know, if something worked, you don't want to,
4: you know, you don't want to
9: necessarily tinker with your lineup. If if it succeeded in, in in one game, but if you have a if you have Klein to play, you know who's a, who. I thought he was injured for some reason until Gene told me that he was a healthy scratch. And that last goal was a a a pure reflection of Holden being on the ice. If you remember or not, the last 17 seconds, he he tried he tried to slash Placanic's stick, which in turn broke Holden's stick and then rather than doing everything possible in his power, I mean, I don't care if you have to take the guy and tackle him down to the ice to make sure that he's not in front of the crease, well, then you do that. I'd rather him take a two-minute, you know, holding, roughing penalty and take my chance on a 17-second left power play, uh, you know, have a man-on-man on Weber so you don't get that, you don't get his shot from the point and then you're playing a four on three down low and, you know, you hope your best defensive players are going to be able to cover up, you know, to cover up the, the, you you know, the, the, the remaining 17 seconds. And that goal, the last goal, you know, the tying goal with 17 seconds left was a, was a reflection of, of Holden's, you know, Poor IQ, poor hockey IQ. You know, he, he broke his stick trying to slash Placanic's stick. And, um, you know, instead of, you know, he pushed him once, he pushed him twice. But, you know, you just don't let him stand there, especially if you're stickless. You know, yeah, and, with 17, okay. and with 17 seconds left, you don't have time to, you know, for a forward to give you, your to give you know to hand off a stick to your defenseman, you know, because there was a mad scramble going on and and and, and pandemonium was running wild. And, oh my! You know, yeah, and 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 you know, you take the guy and you fucking literally tackle him. You put him down to the ice. You know, at that point of the game, seventeen seconds left. The the whistle. Yeah, you can win a
3: faceoff and clear the puck, and it's almost a game over at that point,
9: you know. Exactly. Or even 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 if Montreal does win the faceoff, because they you know we're a poor faceoff team, you know. Even if they do win the faceoff, you automatically get a man on Weber, so he doesn't get that shot from the point. So you now you now you're you're basically you're basically you're basically playing a four on three game down low. You have your best defenseman. You have your best forwards. You have your you have your McDonough on the ice. You have your fast. You have your um, you know you have to have a sentiment on. So you either probably Stefan because he's more. Uh, I mean, even even uh, uh, Z is a better defense, uh, a better uh, face-off uh, face-off guy. But you have Stefan on the ice because he's more defensively responsible. And you know, you take that penalty with 17 seconds left. Instead, that was a poor decision. I you know I thought it was a poor decision not playing Klein over Holden to begin with. It was, it was just, you know, it, we should have came out of there, even though I think that the game teetered kind of back and forth. I do think that Montreal, you know, bring it to us, and they had outplayed us, you know, um, the entire, not the entire game, but I would say probably 40 out of the 60 minutes out of the game. And we were very lucky to have a 3-2 to two lead. And... You know, to lose a game, to you know, to have a game tied with 17 seconds left, and then to lose it in overtime, where Montreal going into overtime had all the fucking momentum. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough loss. You know, it's you know, it's going back to the Garden two up or going back to the Garden one one. It's a huge difference. Yeah, you would have
3: basically. Been, I mean, obviously. Really, really like stuck a, a knife in the back of Canadians. I mean, you lose your first two at home at home, going on the road, it's tough to overcome that. You know, you almost put yourself in a great position to you know finish the series off. You know, and now and you know listen, now no it's
9: one's back in the series, listen, now game no one, three is
3: huge now.
9: Yeah, three game is uh, game three is huge. I wasn't expecting a sweep. You know what I mean? Yeah, of I, I you know my pre- my prediction was ranges in six. You know, so if they would have been, you know, if they would have came away from Montreal where they had, you know, where they haven't had success winning in Montreal, you know, if, if we would have came away 2 nothing out of Montreal, number one, that would have been a huge psychological edge for yeah, us. Yeah,
6: confidence boost, without a doubt, yeah.
9: Yeah, and we would have been inside Montreal's head saying, hey, you know, You know, we we swept them in the regular season, but now here come the playoffs, and they just took two at home from us, going back to MSG. You
4: know,
9: and, um, you know, and uh, another big thing, you know, when your fourth line with Lindbergh, Fast, and Glass is pretty much your best line on the ice, uh, you know, you got problems. You know what I mean? You got problems. Granted, Nash scored a goal yesterday. Mazel tov! Finally, finally
6: you know, a playoff.
9: Goal. Yeah, but I thought that VC Vese- uh, and Fast and Shea were our best players yesterday.
6: Yeah, VC played uh, a great he, game like yesterday. So VC
9: played. He was so all over the place. He was, you know, our rookies. Our two rookies were were one of you know were two of our three best players on the ice.
3: Yeah, I think Gene was just on and now he's gone. So I was just about to click him in. He must have lost. Uh, maybe he just got you know disconnected. He'll probably call back. So as soon as he calls back, we'll bring him in. So yeah, he
9: was he was very disheartened with the loss yesterday. Very disheartened. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah.
3: So you know, obviously, you know, I think Grabner looks pretty good too so far in the series as well, and uh, you know. Obviously, that, like, like I said, that last goal that should have been, he should have took the penalty and avoided that goal, and then in overtime, obviously, I mean, both goalies made some great saves in that overtime, especially right before the ending. I mean, both goalies made some great saves. Price made two great saves on one end, like a couple of minutes before that goal that the Rangers had a couple of chances to win that game. Well, and then
9: look, oh, go, go listen, go, going, going the I, I do I don't mean to interrupt, but going into the series, we knew that the goaltending was not going to be the issue. You know, Lundqvist yeah. and Price are, you know, top five, you know, top three goaltenders the in the league.
3: Yeah, they're doing the best right now. There's no doubt
9: about it. You know, so we knew that the goaltending, you know, nobody gave up, uh, you know, wh- one of the, you know, one of one thing that irked me the most is when Lundqvist broke his stick, it literally took a minute you know and and there was a goal scored on 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 you know uh, by Byron because Lunquist didn't have a stick and i don't know what, what the, that's just hockey 101 when the goaltender yeah. breaks a stick one of the defensemen passes his stick over to the goaltender and it took close to a minute uh, it, it it was almost a minute until Lunquist didn't have a stick which resulted in the in in Montre- in the Montreal goal. You know, that's just and, and, uh, that's just poor that's poor hockey IQ. I'm sorry, that's just poor hockey IQ. I, and, that's hockey one oh one. All
3: right, great. And uh Mr. Berg, uh, Gene Cherry is with us now. Gene, welcome aboard. Welcome on the show.
7: Yes, hello. Pleasure to have you guys with me.
3: How's it if uh, uh, you on. We're just talking about the racing game, how tough of a loss it was. How do you feel about last night's loss?
7: Well it's, uh, certainly it's disheartening. Um, you know, l- look, uh I agree with Lenny that um <clears throat> uh Montreal had to have this game and uh, they definitely outplayed us. Uh and uh, you know, if they lost um, you know, four or three Um, With 10 minutes left and whatnot, it would be a different story. It's understandable, but 17 seconds left. And uh, what I would like to add is the fact that, you know, icing the puck 20 times, you know, in the last five minutes of the game is just unacceptable. You know, uh, having, you know, a puck, and like Lenny pointed out, uh, pointed out that, uh, uh, you know, we're not such a great face-off team to begin with, uh, to have face offs over and over again in our zone is just unacceptable. Uh, you know, uh, Holden had no place in this lineup, uh, even though uh, I understand that it's the playoffs and the lineup the way it was won the game one. But, uh, you know, remember, it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a blowout. Uh, we led 1-0. The second goal was an empty netter, so it's really a one-goal game. And uh, he played poorly in the first game. Uh, so if I was uh, AV, uh, our coach, uh, I would take him out after the first game and put Klein in. I mean, you're talking about a battle-tested test, battle tested def- defenseman in Klein versus Holden. Yes, I think uh, he had some experience in playoffs. I believe Colorado made the playoffs two years ago and whatnot. He's a journeyman. But, he's a journeyman. Right. He is not somebody who you rely on, and look, uh, at the end of the day, if they wouldn't ice the park over and over again, we would obviously have McDonough, uh, you know, at the last minute there, but because they couldn't switch, because they kept icing the park, uh, this is basically what happened, and it was just a matter of time. Now, guys, remember that um, uh, we got lucky a couple of times because, you know, uh, Weber hit the crossbar. Before that, twice. there were a couple had, of had, goal posts. He
9: had, yeah, he hit the post twice.
7: You know, so we we you yeah. know that game should have been over even before the overtime. You know, um, you know, I, I kind of look. I kind of put the blame on A.V., our coach, because he should have recognized that obviously the guy is struggling. You have a healthy, uh, you know, Kevin Klein here. Uh, who's battle tested and more physical, more
9: physical yeah. and
7: more experienced, and you know, she always and done clutch. well. for
9: us. And, he, and, he, and Klein happens to come, Klein happens to score clutch goals when we need them.
7: Absolutely, but I think it even goes beyond the goals. I mean, she's just a better defender, and Holden looks lost. Look. Right now, obviously, he will be a healthy scratch and uh, Klein will come in uh, for the game three. One has to wonder, uh, as far as the psyche of the team, to lose a game like that with 17 seconds left. And, you know, once they scored that game-time goal, you could just see the air going out of the sails uh, from the Ranger team. Um, I mean... If you look at the overtime, they were just waiting for that goal to, to be scored uh, you know, on them and for them just to go you know, home and wait for game three. I mean, I feel that they didn't even play in overtime. I mean, they were just there. They weren't skating. They weren't doing anything. you know. Now, having said all of that, uh, I agree with Lenny. Our key players have to come through uh is invisib- invincible uh, you know he he, he he just was nowhere to be found except the the, the face offs stepan wasn't much better you know uh I did like nash uh, game uh last night. I felt that he gave a hundred percent forget the goal I think that regardless he did well you know away from the park he was physical and Rangers did hit um but it seemed that Montreal had more energy, you know. They smelled the blood, you know. They felt that we were down, and they just seized an opportunity, and they just did a thing. That's it. There's nothing to say. Again, it's 1-1. One, one. And, look, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that it's 17 seconds left and, you know, we lost, if it was 4-3, you know, we Ten minutes left, you know, and we lost it 's one thing, and the the way they lost this seventeen second thing, I just hope that it 's not going to affect them for the rest of the series that 's the problem oh, i, you know?
9: I, I, I don 't think it will because I think we are we are a mature team we 've been there we 've done that you we know we 've had success in the playoffs in the last two three years i don 't necessarily think it 's going to affect our psyche too much. And you could even see, like, right after the goal was scored, Hank literally skated up to Holden, and prob I don't know what he said to him, but I'm sure it wasn't, you know, any pleasantries. You know, you
7: just... Well, I, th- I think he probably said, look, you know, it was a team thing. It wasn't just you. I don't think that he was, like, you know, saying it's your fault and you lost us the game, you know, because... Looked, no,
9: actually I think it's the opposite. I think he said that you're a complete idiot and you should have <laughs> been, and you should have done everything in your power to make sure. I mean, he, after he chopped after he tried to uh, uh, chop the stick out of Placanic's hand and he broke his own stick, well then he pushed him twice to try to get him out of the way, but at that point, you just take the fucking player and you just wrestle him down to the ice. And if you take a penalty, you take a penalty. You know, first of all, number one, it gives you the opportunity to make a line change. Number two, uh, one thing that also did hurt us was A.V. taking that timeout at the seven-minute mark, which which basically uh, eliminated us from taking a timeout with 17 seconds left to set a play, you know, just in case, you know, this one wins, that one wins, what do we do or what do we position, blah, 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 blah. I understand at that particular time, you know, that line was gassed because of an icing. But, you know, that timeout with seven minutes left also had a big effect on that last 17 seconds because, you know, we iced the puck and we had to have that same group on the ice defending, you know, uh, Montreal's top line, you know, the best scorers.
7: Well, honestly, look, we're playing a Monday uh, morning quarterback right now. Um, You know, uh, at that point, nobody knew that it was going to go to overtime, this, that, and the other thing. Um, Like you said, um, they were guessed. And, uh, you know, uh, again, it all comes down to the fact, the bottom line is what I believe in, hold them aside, okay? The fact is they kept icing the puck. Through the entire game, I mean, it got really bad at the end of the third period with the icing. But if you look through the entire game, icing after icing after icing, you just can't do that. you can't do that, you know
9: especially when you're a poor face off team right right, right, absolutely and
7: Look, I agree with uh, Lenny as far as uh, uh, Julian. Uh, you know, uh, they were clogging up the middle, and it was hard to have that breakout pass. A hundred percent, he recognized what his team needed to do. You know, again, the series is tied one-one. My only concern is is for the team to recover from this mental. You know, I mean, I can only imagine how they feel because. You know, I watched the overtime, I went to sleep, I woke up this morning, and I am down, you know, and I wasn't even <laughs> playing this damn game, you know.
3: Uh, you I was know just watching players it and... have the ability, they got to be able to move on. You can't, I mean, playoffs, there's such up and downs in playoff series, like highs and lows, you've got to be able to turn the page. Each game takes on a life of its own, right, as they say.
2: So I think I, I think
3: you, I, I think you have to be able to move to the next game. I'll tell you who who I thought was really bad and it has been bad and I and I really it was is Stahl. Stahl hasn't been good at all.
9: Yeah, Stahl made some questionable plays. Uh I do agree with that. Like I said, I think that the The three best rangers yesterday were Fast, uh, VC, and Shea. Shea has just been incredible for us. He looks like a veteran out there playing for us. Uh, We had a lot of missed shots on net. Uh, I don't think. I think we need to. I think we need. I mean, even though we're not a physical team, but you know what? You know, Zuccarello's been run at least four, five, six times in the last two games and I think there needs to be some type of retaliation to that. Kreider's not playing a physical game. You know, if Nash is not scoring, well, at least, you know, with that 6'3", 220-pound frame, you know, we're not finishing our checks. You know, Montreal is finishing their checks, and we're not finishing our checks. And, you know, it may not affect one game, but over a seven-game series, it's going to have an effect. You know, you're And uh, the
7: players down. And I agree with Kreider. I mean, he has to step up. I mean, here's a guy who scored 30 goals this uh, regular season. I mean, he he has to step up. I mean, he's nearly invincible. Uh, in invisible. I mean, he you 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 don't see him. And, uh, Look, if you're not
9: scoring, if you're not scoring, then you need to contribute in other ways. And the other way is that if you're not scoring, you have to, in the playoffs, it's a given, you have to finish every check. Every check. You have to finish every check.
7: And that brings us to Zibanejad. You know, um, we created Broussard for him, and frankly, we really had no choice. Uh, you know, salary thing and all of that, and we got younger and he's bigger and this and that. But so far in the two games of uh, playoffs, I mean, he, I mean, look, he wins, you know, face-offs, but, you know, other than that, he's really not doing anything with the puck.
4: Well,
9: but listen. Um, yeah. Let's 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 cut uh, Zibanejad some slack because if you know, considering that he was in Ottawa for the last five years and they weren't making the playoffs, it's like he's a rookie to the playoffs as well. You know, this is kind of like all new to him as well. You know what I mean? As far as playoff intensity hockey, so you know we have to cut him just a little bit of slack and see how he comes out in Game Three and Game Four. Because we know it's definitely going to be going now. It's definitely going to be going five games minimum. Uh, yeah. So you know we have to see how you know how he's going to react, and I'm sure that the coaching staff are going to go through the video tapes of last game, and uh, you know put a real you know emphasis on you know th- you know the plays you know the, the plays that we missed. Uh, the breakout passes that we missed, the mental errors that we that were made, you know. So, you know, I think that I think now, the game three uh, on Sunday, I think the Rangers are going to be the ones coming out with a sense of urgency, you know. Yeah. But w- w- once well, once another, again, go
7: ahead. Uh, well, another problem also I want to point out is our power play. I mean. Yeah. This it's is different. insane. Uh, they don't really have anybody up front. Later, uh, last two power plays they had, they had some people up front. Uh, front uh, Kreider would step in and mesh, but mainly it was a perimeter. I mean, they no, were just yeah. you know, I mean, doing these I passes. With, I, mean, I agree
9: with you a hundred percent. Kreider is the only guy in f- going in front of the net. And I'm sorry, when you have when you have a, pr- a goalie like Price you need to have at least two bodies in front of that net. Because that's going to – That's not. And that's where that's Nash's
3: size should be in play. Like the guy is a big guy. He should
9: be in front of that at, net. At least – or at least or, or Nash or Kreider. Those two guys should be in front of the net, number one – because they're taking Price's vision away. And number two, don't forget that if we have two players in front of the net, that means Montreal needs to have two players in front of the net. So that's four players in front of the net, and all of a sudden, on top, it creates a three-on-two in our advantage. So you, I start, agree. You start putting pucks towards the net. You start looking for rebounds. You start looking for reflections. Deflections, and right then you start looking for, for that nasty type of hockey, which playoff hockey is. It's a different ball game. It's just, you know, regular season and playoff hockey, it's a different ball game. You know, the whistle gets put away unless it's an obvious, obvious penalty, you know, which there were a couple of obvious penalties that the refs had to call. But there were also other incidences where in the regular season it would have been a penalty. And it wasn't a penalty, you know, in the last two games because it's playoff hockey. And the refs perfectly understand that, that it's a completely different animal. And supposed you, uh, you
3: supposed to show you how much of a, how much of a, you know, game of inches it is. It's like here we are. If the Rangers hold on and they get through that last 17 seconds yesterday, they're up 2 nothing and all is well, right? Now you lose a heartbreaker and now all of a sudden it's, you know, it's pretty crazy.
7: Well, that's what sports, that's how sports are in any sport, football, baseball. I mean, you know, the momentum can turn so quickly, you know, and uh, uh, you kill a penalty and all of a sudden you have the momentum, you know, and uh, uh, they score a power play goal and they're still pressing. And yes, absolutely. That's how it is. I mean, not to uh, bring out football, which Lenny uh, is not a big fan of, but I remember when um, Giants beat um, uh, New York, uh, New York, uh, Patriots, New England, um, England Patriots, uh, it was just that. Remember that flick of the ball, how, uh, you know, uh, uh, Manning, you know, he just like. It wasn't even a pass, really, but the receiver caught it, and yeah, the guy made that, touchdown. Tyree
3: made that amazing catch, Tyree. Yeah.
7: Amazing catch, and that's it, you know, and just these little things, and, you know, attention to detail. But you know, that's is
3: huh? in your favor, right? When things like that happen.
7: Absolutely. Again, look, uh, This. If, if I didn't see last night's game and. Um, the series is tied 1-1, and we went to their house and we got the game. We played the game out of it. great. You know, this is all you can hope for. I am just again worried about the fact that the way they lost, you know, and things have to be addressed. I mean, obviously we understand that Holden is not going to be in the lineup for Game Three. Uh, Klein is in. Now, why is you know? it like?
3: Why is it that he is so? He feels so obligated to hold and to play him in these big spots over, you know. You know, the thing is, is that, you know,
7: I learned this from Tortorella when he was our coach. Like, he falls in love with certain players, and he gives them, like, a long leash. And then there are players that you would think, look, he's much better than the player that you give him a long leash to. And uh, yeah. you don't you play, play the best players when you're trying to win. You know, right? But again, it all came down to the power play. That w- I mean, look, w- I mean, we haven't scored the power play goal. Granted, Montreal hasn't either, but we don't care about Montreal. Uh, we have to, you know, have our special teams do what they're supposed to do, and when you're playing on the perimeter. You know, you know, Price is looking at us. He's like, "Thanks, guys." You know.
9: Yeah, Great. absolutely. You're not going to beat Price with a 10 or 15 foot shot outside, you know, outside the net. It's just not going to happen. He's just too good to let in soft goals. So you yeah. need to get those two. You need to get those two big bodies in front of the net once again. Those two those two big bodies create four bodies because you need two defensemen to cover those two big bodies, which creates a three-on-two on on top. You know, then you start your you know you start your passing game between McDonough, Zuccarello, and uh, you know Stepano, whoever else the playmakers. You put the fucking puck on net and you look for deflections and rebounds. That's it. And another thing, when they do one-on-one.
7: And they when they do shoot the puck, a lot of times it goes wide.
9: They and a lot of it times it goes net. wide. Yes, yes, I and agree. It's out of you the gotta zone. put the puck on net. You gotta
3: put the puck on net. That's it. I mean,
9: I seen a play in the overtime too,
3: and I, I was thinking the same exact thing. I forgot who it was. I think it was. I don't know exactly who it was, but they had like a break, and they got a pass, and. You know, just put it on that, and he tried to get too cute. He tried to throw a pass across the ice. that got stolen. And it was, like, right at the end of the game, too. Like, right, like shoot the fuck on that. You had a clear angle. Not saying you were going to score,
9: but at least put the fuck on that. Maybe get and a rebound. perhaps you, you create then. a rebound, right? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You, create, you either create a deflection or you create a rebound. That's it. And we all we all know in playoff games like this, and
3: overtime games like this, it's usually a bad bounce or a bad play or a bad pass that scored that winning goal, right? So you just gotta like always throw the puck at the net because
9: only
2: I mean the look things at mean yeah, look at look at that, mon, yeah. look at
9: Montreal's look at Montreal's goal uh, the winning goal in overtime. How many people did they have in front of the net?
7: Yep. they had literally
9: yep. three four guys in front of the net looking for that rebound.
7: Right, they weren't scared to. Well, I mean, they had nothing to lose, but they they weren't scared to absolutely be in front of the net, and you know, well, they had everything. They the had Chiefs... every.
9: They had everything to lose. They they had they, they, they had they, you know the, the thing they had to lose was going down two nothing going into New York. You know, they had everything right. to lose,
7: but but, but they down three two. And at this point it is what it is. If they get the empty in the matter, you know, scored up you know on them, it is what it is. But you know, they the the you know, the and look, uh, also uh once we took the three two lead, it seemed like we were just holding on to it, which is a bad, bad strategy. Yeah, you just yeah. can't you do, just do that. You to gotta got to keep pressing out, on. Right. You you can't do mm-hmm. that. It doesn't work that way.
9: Look, well, I,
3: think Lenny, I, know I personally... Lenny, Yeah. Lenny, I know you're on kind of a on a little time schedule here. So I want to uh I wanna just quickly go through the rest of their series quick. Sure. Just get your guys' opinion on everything. Uh so Washington, Toronto, obviously Washington won a close overtime game in game one. Do you see Toronto giving them problems or you expect Washington to just get through the series fairly easily?
9: Well, um Gene, would you like to start?
3: Do you want me to start? What do you, you know? Sure, I'll
7: start. I mean, look, um, Toronto, you know, they're just happy to be there. Bunch of kids. Uh, they, ha- they don't have any uh, playoff experience versus, you know, Washington that uh, has plenty. Um, Washington is a very deep team. Um, and remember, um, they didn't even get any contribution from Ovechkin so far. You know, uh, Justin Williams pretty much led the the squad right now. Uh, I mean, they're not going to sweep them. Perhaps Toronto will win a game. Um, But I think that Washington is going to prevail.
3: Yeah, so I think that, really has, I Washington think, really had a lot of I, pressure I, on them, right? Cause yeah, like, no, Well, I, I think for...
9: going I think going into the Washington-Toronto series, I think Washington in their mind frame <laughs> thought that you know they're just going to cakewalk over them because of their bunch of rookies. I think that uh, Toronto played obviously their heart out, and they played their you know uh, you know and Washington kind of took it for granted. I think Washington's going to be a lot more prepared for game you know for the rest of the games knowing that, you know, Toronto is not just going to come out and make these rookie mental mistakes. I think they're going to step up, uh, you know, they're going to step their game up and and take them a little bit more seriously. Um, I'm not sure if I see uh, Toronto winning uh, another game, and if they do, they may win one and it's going to end in five.
7: I agree. I agree. But it's definitely a team of the future, Toronto. I think that they sure. they definitely finally in the right direction. They have a lot of talent. Uh, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you, um, never thought much of Kadri, but, uh, you know, he developed into a decent player. And, yep. uh, you know, with Van Rimsdijk and Matthews and, uh, you know, these guys, uh, it should be a good team. Absolutely. They will be.
9: Yeah, and they still have this kid Kapanen coming in next season, who's supposed to be right. pretty good. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely you know, Winnipeg, uh, Toronto. They're these these are definitely the teams of the future because they're just loaded with talent up front. But you know, let's get off that subject. And like like you know, like Porky said, let's get back to the rest of the league. Um, as far as let's let's stick to the you know to the East Coast. Um, I mean Pittsburgh. I'm I'm very surprised of how you know, how easily they're handling Columbus. I thought Columbus would give them a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, what did you I think a that cross
3: check last night from Matt Calvert? Did you see that play?
9: No, I actually I, I did not see he that. He broke his play. stick over Tom Coon hackel and, and
3: then uh and then he hit him again, and then he punched him again or whatever right after that. he may get suspended over it. I mean it was a clear cross a bad a bad it was a bad cross check, like pretty bad.
9: Yeah, I didn't see that play, so I can't, you know, I can't comment on it. I didn't see that play, but, I mean, it seems like, you know, uh, it seems like... Uh, playoff hockey,
6: you
9: know, right? And, and, well, that's number one's playoff hockey, but it seems to me like uh, Pittsburgh's on the mind frame. They're playing pond hockey with uh, against one of the best teams in the NHL during the regular season. <laughs> And so far, Columbus can't find an answer, you know, on, on, on how to stop these guys. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I That that may very well be a sweep or a five-game series as well, you know. That, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, I look at Flory.
7: I mean, she's seizing an opportunity, you know. I mean, she's yeah, playing well as
9: well. Absolutely. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a good thing they didn't trade him away at the trading deadline.
7: Yeah. Well, they would be screwed if they did absolutely. Yeah, absolute. they'd be
9: completely screwed.
7: And don't forget and they the got Boston and Ottawa. Boston took the first game. What do you guys
3: think of that series? Keen, yeah, you can go first. Yeah, Boston. I think
7: Boston's going to take it. I mean,
9: I think Boston's going to take it as well. But I think it's going to be. I think. Um, I think Ottawa showed that they're not going to be a lay down in this particular series. Um, I think it's going to be a hard fought series. You know, Ottawa's not a bad team. I think they're going to regroup. I don't think it's going to be an, a cake for for Boston as far as beating them. Uh, it's going to be a hard fought series, and I could see that series going six, seven games for sure. Um, yeah, Boston did win that that you know that game. They won it late. You know, so it was really uh, you know a, a one-one game up until about three minutes left uh, in the game when Marshawn scored that goal. Um, but uh, I think I think Ottawa surprised a lot of people, you know, coming out the way they did and fighting as hard as they did. And Ottawa is also an, an up-and-coming team, you know, in terms of you know, experience and and they' you know they getting you know they're putting their shit together as well. So I don't think it's gonna be a cakewalk for Boston at all. and And mind you, Boston had uh, two, you know they had Carlo out and they had another important player out that game. I forgot who it was. Um, but they had two of their regular you know their regular starters out of that game. Uh, in Game One, and they still and they still pull that game off. So um, you know, whatever. I still think it's going to be a hard Hartford series, and then let's move on to um, Nashville, Chicago in the West. Nashville shot them with the first
3: game win, and you know, a shutout in the first game.
9: Yeah, yeah. So well, I a, think you know, personally, I think that Chicago,
3: sorry,
7: with their experience you know look uh, nashville is not a i mean if you look at nashville it's pretty much a one line team they don't have the depth to um, really challenge anyone and they got a really good goalie obviously but chicago has the experience and i think chicago should be okay in this first round
9: well, Arvidsson yeah, I think, has I proven think to give them at least a, a legitimate second line. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they have Forsberg, uh, Johansson, they have Neal, you know, but Arvidsson right now is there probably their. He was their best player going down the stretch, and he's, he's so far, he's, their best player in the playoffs. So, you know, I mean, but once again, Chicago, Chicago, you know, they'll bounce back and, uh, you know, they should take that series, but uh, maybe they're taking Nashville a little bit too lightly. You know, they think uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a cakewalk against Nashville because of the season yeah. that Nashville had. You know, they were up and down for most of the season, um, you know, more down than up. Uh, but uh, you never know, you know, surprises always happen. I mean look at uh, you know if we move on, you know, quickly to the west, I mean look at Saint Louis, uh, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota was supposed to uh you know, with the Hansel trade and uh, four legitimate centers down the middle and mm-hmm. da, 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 da 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 and either they find themselves uh you know, down two to games not down well, go, two go, go,
7: the one game yeah,
9: go, yeah going oh. back going back to Saint Louis.
7: And don't yeah, forget Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota was a high-scoring team
9: during regular.
7: And they were a high-scoring team during regular season Minnesota. So yeah, 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 yeah.
9: So so <laughs> far that that you know that that's a big surprise. You know who else we have? Yesterday was a the very planes, very. Big... The Ducks are up <clears throat> one
3: nothing on the Flames.
9: I'm sorry. Who did you the,
3: say? The Ducks. The Ducks are up one zero on the Flames. Ah, they won three to two
9: in Game One. I thought that I thought that yesterday's uh, Edmonton San Jose game was a very impressive win by Edmonton. Yeah,
4: two 0 uh, yeah.
9: You know, the two goals that they scored were two short-handed goals. Yeah, they shut out. You know, they shut out the uh, you know San Jose two two nothing. Uh, I thought that was a very impressive win on behalf of uh, on behalf of Edmonton. Will they take the series? I'm not sure, um, but that was a very they're impressive win. They kind of like Toronto, right? They're
7: young It's
3: a new crown for them to get to the playoffs, right? So it's kind of a learning experience as they're there right now. We don't know how far they could get. I think they got a better shot of advancing than Toronto does, but you know San Jose has experience as well, so it could be a tough series for to Edmonton to win, but. Look at Edmonton playing great hard. They had a great defense. You know, they finally finally got busted through and made the playoffs this year. You and know, it's, uh, it's one of, one of it's those teams.
7: One of those teams, like you mentioned, Toronto. This is the team that's up and coming, and uh, they're going to get better. But uh, you know, uh, they find it forward. Obviously, we have a problem with defense there. Um, you know. A both, uh, you know, proved to be a capable uh, number one. Uh, you can't really say anything. He's doing well yeah. enough, you
3: know. Um, but yeah, no, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, the playoffs are going to be interesting. We'll see how the series evolve over the next week, even, and next week, hopefully hopefully you guys can come back next week and, uh, you know, we can do an update and see what's going on around the league. You know, if check in on all the series again next week.
7: Well, by then I'm sure some of the series will be over. <laughs> we may even have a couple
9: over, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so guys, who do we have? We have on schedule today the Bruins, Senators, uh, Maple Leafs, and Caps. Everybody, uh, uh, everybody,
3: a note out Washington. there. Put up on 1 Just hang in there. We're going to go past one o'clock. So just hang
9: in there. All
3: right. Yeah. So today, let's look at today's schedule. Let's see what we got today. On- so we got the first game of the day, is, is Boston and Ottawa at 3 o'clock. So game two there. Then uh, at 7 o'clock, my, uh, Toronto and Washington. At 8 o'clock, uh, Nashville and Chicago. And at 10.30, uh, Calgary and Anaheim. So, yeah, so I'm two. expecting
7: Chicago. I'm expecting Chicago
3: to win Yeah, I expect Chicago to I agree, Gene. I expect Chicago to have a big game today. And uh I expect uh I think Washington's gonna win today. And and Anaheim I think all go up two nothing today. I think Ottawa maybe could maybe to to uh, get a split here at home today. I you know, guys, i'm not business. i'm
9: not so i'm not so sure that uh, i'm I'm not hundred percent positive that uh, the ducks are gonna win today I think the flames might b- bounce back they you know uh, remember that the flames they were finding their game during the you know during the stretch down the season they were they started clicking um you know obviously and i listen uh it's not like uh it's not like Calgary has any lack of talent. they have plenty of talent on their team you know starting from the back end you know to to their to their forwards um you know goalie you know their goalie situation has been a little bit questionable the entire season um you know i don't know if it was a great move by Calgary to move on Elliot as far as their number one. Um, I think it was just probably because of, you know, maybe salary reasons or you never knew, you know, last year in St. Louis, you didn't really know who was the number one. Was it Allen? Was it Elliott? Because they split pretty much half the season each each, you know, so you didn't really get a good gauge on who was really the true number one, you know, and so far, you know, uh, Allen has been the difference in the St. Louis series.
7: But clearly, yeah. Anaheim has the edge in the uh, in the nets. They have a better goaltender.
9: Well, I mean, is is Gibson that? I mean, is Gibson you know a top tier goaltender?
7: Look, there's only that many goaltenders that are top tier. I mean, you know. Most of the league doesn't have this top tier. I mean, you you, you talk Rini, you talk Price, you talk Lundqvist, you know, I don't, con- I don't even
9: I don't consider Rini as a to- as a top tier goaltender. I'll be honest with you. Well, that, well, fine
7: point is, I, I mean, do. there's I only the that many. I mean,
4: listen,
3: top tier is a a tough word to throw around, obviously, but I mean, I, I would put him in the upper echelon of goalies, already. I know he didn't have the great a great year. Like, like he's had over the last couple of years He's had better years than he had this year But I still, I still think he's uh, Porky, a, he's Porky if you look at his good.
9: career numbers He only maybe had one or two Outstanding seasons The rest of his the rest of his uh, career, he's had average numbers, like two, five goals against with a, like a nine ten 10 save percentage. That's not a top-tier goaltender.
7: But he's only like 25, 26 years old, no?
9: No, I am he he's home. a little bit older. Though. You know, I can do a quick uh, stat check on him. You know, I'm always good with that. Uh, Porky, he was on your team, right? Yeah, yeah, I traded him. You you were the dummy who traded for him, right? <laughs>
3: hey,
9: he helped me out. He did. A, he helped me finish in third.
3: I was the dummy that traded him.
9: Hold on, let me look at his stats. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he's first of all, he's thirty four years old. That's number one.
6: Really? Okay.
9: I... Yeah he's 34 and besides okay in 2010 he had a uh 212 goals against with a 930 save percentage In 2014 he had a 218 uh goals against with a 923 percentage and the rest of the seasons is 242 242 248 277 uh 239 253 and nine eighteen say save percentage. But how many games percentage. played,
7: though? He wasn't a starter. I'm sure that he, he wasn't played like so,
9: 60, 61 games played last year. 66 games played the year before. 64 in uh, in 2014. Tw- uh, 20 th- uh, 2013, um, I, I think... I think 2013, was 13 was 2013 the lockout season, or was he injured? He may have been injured because in 2012 he played 43 games, 2011, he played 73 uh, 2010, he played 64 the year before that, 58, 52. so he's been you know he's been a regular starter. I never thought Rene of anything special. He had, two, uh, he had two outstanding seasons. other than that, he's been an average goaltender. And he's, and don't forget, and don't forget that, uh, you know, it was Barry Trotz behind the bench for most of his career, uh, you know, and Barry Trotz with his defensive style of hockey, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, you know, it's easy, it's easier to have, uh, you know, padded stats as a goaltender when you're playing a defensive style of game.
3: Yeah, I agree. But I still want to trade him again, for the second round, uh...
7: <laughs> We're still going back to the fact that, you know, I just say, like Gene, in baseball. I,
3: I, I'm sorry, Gene. I agree. I kind of agree. I think he's <laughs> be better than you think. Than you think.
9: But, listen, that's the beauty of it. Everybody has to own opinions. Listen, numbers don't lie. Bottom line, Look, numbers don't lie.
7: Uh, the bottom line is this. There's only very few goalies that, uh, you know, like Bryce, like Lundquist, that you know, consistently put up the numbers. Obviously, Lanquiz didn't have a good regular season, but he still is a money goalie. As he he is proving to us in playoffs again right now. You know, there's a handful. Everybody else is below, and you take your pick. I mean. Anybody can have a good season, a bad season, and whatnot, you know. Uh, Plus injuries. I mean, look at Jonathan Quick, for example. I mean, he is a money money goalie, but at the end of the day, he gets hurt a lot, especially lately. So, you know, obviously his career is winding down, and you know.
9: Well, listen, when Quick was injured, you know, Budai didn't, you know, Budai actually had... His numbers during Quick's absence were better than Quick's. You know, his his numbers were better than Quick's career numbers. But you know, what so, is the?
7: But I mean, how many games are we talking
9: about? I mean, no, he played what? He played almost half the season. It's not a little it's bit more.
3: Small, man. Of yeah, a window,
9: they're like, of good, Yeah, they're
3: lucky, right? That he did as good as he did for them. But Quick, very lucky.
9: Quick, quick, And quick even, with, for them. even with Who guys played, they, they still Missed the playoffs
3: Quick came up big for them, though, in clutch spots In the past, you know Quick has been proven to, you know win, He could win a Stanley Cup
9: Quick is top five, you know, who do we have? You know, we have we have uh, Price, we have Lundquist, we have Quick uh, And the uh, The other two are, you know I mean, much, a much rat. awesome
6: I guess took took a rat. rat yeah
9: Took a rest, took a couple seasons off, but this year he definitely rebounded and showed that he deserves to be in the top five. I agree. What
6: about Crockett in um,
9: Chicago? Uh, he's a fraud. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a,
3: he's, a, he's a product of his team?
9: I think he's another Pecorini. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think he's a product of his team. <laughs> no, Pecorini is lady,
7: a little lady, bit better lady, than, lady, than lady. Pecor-
9: Pecorini I'm not, not saying he's a horrible round, goalie. Though. I'm not saying he's a horrible goalie, but I definitely think that he's a product of his team.
3: Hey, rumor has it that Pekka could be had for a third-round pick from Camp Blood. That's the rumor,
9: you know. R- rumor has it that he's going to be back in the draft.
2: is available for a pick as well.
9: Well, I might have interest depending on where Bishop signs. Thank you, Vadim. He's a
7: free
9: agent? Well, Vadim dropped him, and I picked him up, and he's an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, I know Dallas is looking for a goalie, you know, and now you got Hitchcock back there. You know, he's a defensive uh, minded idiot. What, so, he's been calling for
3: Dallas to get a goalie for months already. And for years already. <laughs> for, for
9: months, for years Exactly. Yeah, right you
3: talking about, about
7: months. What are you talking about? Well, did they have yeah, a legitimate year. goalie? I think Eddie the Eagle was the last uh, legitimate goalie. Wow, Eddie the
9: Eagle. Holy cow. Yeah,
3: Yeah,
9: exactly. (laughs) That that, that just goes to show you how long ago that was.
3: Right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But, again,
7: guys, I mean, there's only that many goalies that really, you know, top goalies. I mean, everybody else is a, you know, roll of dice.
9: Yeah, I mean, listen, Matt Murray's creeping into that top five, you know what I mean?
7: Absolutely, but his health issues, see, that's another thing.
9: Yeah, so far, I mean, mean, listen, the guy won the cup, you know what I mean, as a rookie. You know, the last guy who did that was who? Cam Ward, and the guy who did that before that was uh, Patrick Roy. You know, so, (laughs) you know. (laughs)
7: But don't put Patrick Y in the same sentence.
9: No, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, rookie goaltenders who won. You know what I mean? Who won? And listen, you have Bobrovsky. He bounced back this season incredibly.
7: Well, you know, that's another a... guy who gets hurt all the time. I mean, you well, know,
9: he, had this... he did. He did, but he uh, from from what I w- from what I read, he dropped about twenty pounds because he was having uh, his his his. Um, his whole thing was uh, groin injuries, and he dropped about twenty pounds, and he did. Uh, he um, he went on a special exercise regime to um, uh, to strengthen to strengthen to strengthen his his hernia, and this year he's been uh, he's been pretty much plague free, and he says he feels great, and the dropping the twenty pounds. Said that it, it, it increased his mobility and play like tremendously.
7: She stopped eating horse meat? Uh,
9: <laughs> either horse meat or buffalo, I'm not sure.
7: <laughs> Remember Christian debate? Uh,
9: no, I really don't want to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to put Christian, uh, we have to put Holtie in the top five. Yeah, hopefully,
7: yeah, Hopi, Yes, Yeah, But until he proves in playoffs, because he does get to get, uh, you know, a um, little bit shaky little, in playoffs.
9: Yeah, discouraged. Discouraged, I think, is the word.
7: He yeah. likes to sulk a little yeah. bit.
9: Yeah, he's a little bit of a sulker. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, look, you know, in the playoffs, your best player has to be your goaltender. That's the bottom line. You know, your best penalty killer and your best player in the playoffs has to be your goaltender. <clears throat>
7: that was a crazy play when Lankwist uh, wandered out of the net on uh, Paciari. Pac-
9: on, on Pac-Man, yeah. He, uh, that was crazy yeah, got a little bit yeah. <laughs> well, right, too guys.
3: excited.
9: Yeah, yeah, we're cutting it a little bit too late right now.
3: All right, so we'll uh, let's continue this
7: next week. You guys will be available, right, next week?
9: Absolutely.
7: For you, we'll anytime. We'll do it like twelve o'clock next week. Twelve o'clock. We'll one. be, we'll we'll be available.
9: We'll be available for for the re- for the next two months, every Saturday until the until we have Good. a. Uh, That's what I need. I need you guys every week
3: so we can do hockey every week until the Stanley Cup.
7: And by next weekend the picture will be a little bit more clear as far as what's going on. Yeah, we'll,
3: we'll start seeing who the a couple of teams might be eliminated. You know the ranges either have to be in like a game six at that point, going into a game six so something if that's still going on. So it'll be very interesting to see what this next week brings. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see if Pek Renny Rennie can impress Lenny anymore next week.
9: Yeah, I seriously doubt it. It's just going to be a matter of who's going to let in it's Pecorini. going to be it's, it's going to be a matter of who's who's going to let in more goals, Pecorini or uh, or Crawford. That's that's really, you know, who's going to who's oh, going oh, to play, who's oh, going to play the Who's I going to play, the, know, who's going to play the better good, defensive uh, hockey. And, and I personally believe that uh, the Predators have a better defense than uh than Chicago does.
7: How about Anisimov? What the hell did that come from?
9: Well, he's so far been invisible.
7: Right. No, I'm saying in regular season. I mean, he just he had a great regular season. The,
9: yeah. the last 20 games, Anisimov, uh, I think, took time off and went to play in the KHL for a little while.
7: <laughs> or oh, he was drinking with Radula.
9: That very <laughs> may be. And, and, and Brando. Right. E- eating, <laughs> eating hot dogs.
7: That was a great <laughs> thing, by the way, for the Rangers, Brendo. That was awesome. Oh, yeah.
9: Yeah,
7: Raymond Lumark, oh, right? Ladmark Lumark, Jamie Lumark.
3: Like, right? ja- yeah, and Jamie
7: uh, Lumark. Many years ago, many years ago,
3: yeah, we, went we went to watch. Uh, we went to watch yeah, the Marisa we, practice. everywhere? Yeah, we, went, we but, were. so excited for Brendel. Remember, we went for Brendel.
9: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and then we didn't see him on the ice. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, we didn't see him on yet. the ice.
7: I think he. And, uh, I think he owns a bar in Sh- in Czech Republic right now. <laughs>
9: well, he, actually, I was reading some articles on him, I don't know why, about... but I was reading some articles on him, and uh, and back when he was just drafted, he took uh, very, uh, a lot of pride in eating uh, hot dogs the whole day, and being drunk at night, so I guess oh, that's listen, where... Oh,
7: so he, he'd be a champion of the Nathan's Hot Dog on 4th of July. Yeah, yeah
9: absolutely.
3: Let the him go get absolutely. What's name. Uh, what's that guy's name?
9: To win The
7: Chinese, not the Chinese
9: a, uh, guy. Joe, No Joe, so, Joey
3: Joey Chestnut Right Chestnut Yes yeah. I thought it was some Chinese guy Who was the champion it was like you, That so was a long champion. time Joey Chestnut
7: That's cool. been dominating it now Always need I don't know how they can eat all those tacos I mean, They got to get sick after that I mean that. I, I, mean, I mean This is crazy I mean you know Just choking on these things You know
3: it's a sport. It's actually funny if you ever hear how they announce the guys up. Right, they like, call like, it a sport, right? And they're like, yeah, they like, this guy he won the buffalo Wing eating contest last week, and uh, like it's just funny how they announce them, like what they've won, like like mac and cheese winner, like they're all different competitions for every food. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Well, well listen, like,
7: after after they call bowling sports, nothing surprises yeah. me anymore.
9: Well, after they called wrestling a sport, then nothing really surprises yeah. me. Listen, ESPN is covering wrestling now,
3: so that tells you all you need to
9: know, They right? cover everything but hockey. Very good. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> hockey
6: still
9: takes every step, right, Len? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, like we mentioned before, hockey is the redheaded stepchild in America, so nothing to be surprised about when it comes to that.
7: I went, I oh. went uh, to, uh, for lunch uh, someplace, I don't know, and I was eating with uh, my partner and uh, um, ESPN was on. All the show, the soccer. That's it, you know.
6: It's yeah. soccer. Yeah.
7: yeah. What a boring sport. I mean, I don't understand, you know.
3: They get so yeah, excited I can't get when it's 0, it zero. I, can't. I can't get into it either. I mean
7: zero, zero all the time. I mean, you know, you're waiting for that goal for, for 90 minutes or whatever the hell they play. I mean, so. yeah, that's
9: a barn, that's a barn burner. <laughs> all right, guys, guys well, a you. pleasure.
3: Thanks as always. Next
7: of
2: always.
3: And uh, we'll continue this next week. Thanks for Absolutely. joining the show. Thank you for having
9: us.
7: Thank you for having us. Have a
9: happy us. Easter, Thanks. guys. Happy Passover, and happy. Same
7: Easter. to you. Same, Same, to to you. You.
9: Same to you. Thank, thank you for having us on. We'll definitely be on next week again.
3: Thank you. Let's go Rangers. Thank
9: you. Let's yeah. go
3: Rangers. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry, great job with hockey as always. So running a little late, we went past overtime. i got to cut the show short. I know uh, we had our man Magic Mike on hold before. And, uh, you know, so next week we'll bring Magic Mike in to talk you know, about his, with, you know, about some the Braves, about, uh, you know, whatever you want to call that the bills, the drafts coming. So we'll definitely re- we'll reconnect with Mike next week, Mike, I promise next week you'll be one of the first callers. And, uh, so we're going to move on. I, got, I have to, have to, I have to run out the hockey segment went a little longer than expected. So I gotta, I gotta actually get running, but, uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Easter, a happy Passover. Congratulations again to Nick Russo on winning the, competi- the contest. And uh, I want everybody to have a happy, happy Passover and a happy Easter and enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's supposed to be a beautiful day tomorrow. So have a good time next week. There'll be no show again. But I will be having a football special during the week. So we'll be having a, a draft special during the week. I just have to figure out when. So I'll keep everybody updated on my page. So have a happy Easter, everybody, and enjoy, enjoy your weekend.